My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestling, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. We're going to be talking all about ICW, No Holds Barred, that we just finished watching. So I am going to crack this beer right here, and I'm going to interview my man, Jeremy Nickerson. How are you today, sir? Man, I'm I'm so glad to be here with you, Rafe. It's awesome to see you face-to-face. Man, we're talking from... All the way across the world. It's wild, isn't it? Pretty wild, bro. Yeah, Yeah, and we're watching the same show, same time. Although, of course, it's 12 hours difference. (laughs) It's midnight for you. 12 a.m. here in New Jersey, and Rafe (laughs) is uh, in the afternoon. I'm cracking a beer at midday, and uh, Jeremy's uh, doing his best to stay awake to hang out with me. So uh, I I really appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you staying up. I'm quite often on the other side of this time difference scenario. So I know what it's like and man, I'm just, I'm just stoked to chop it up with you. I've enjoyed getting to know you these past few days. Uh, We've been sending a lot of messages. We've been talking a lot of wrestling and watching these shows together. So this is going to be a lot of fun, my man. Hell yeah, Rafe. I'm real happy to be here. And I've just now been discovering your podcast and love it. I mean, your last interview with Oren Veidt, I'm sure anybody listening to us now listened to that one, but wow. I mean, I liked Oren Veidt before, but such a major fan I am now of him because your interview just brought out a different side of him that I didn't feel like I knew. So, man, you do a fucking awesome job, Rafe. Man, th- thanks thanks a lot, man. That, like, me- means a lot. Um I, I told you before, like, I never meant to do interviews. Like, I just sort of fell into it. Um, and then, yeah, I, I get to have these conversations with these great people. And and it always means a lot to me. Every single one of them means a lot to me because they give me my, t- uh, like, their time. And they're so genuine with me. And then you talk about a guy like Oren. We clicked immediately, man, like like you and I have. Like, from the first moment we I got him up on this little window here and we just started vibing before we even hit record, I was like this is my fucking dude. Like we like all the mm. same shit. We we're on the same wavelength and I I've received like overwhelming feedback on that episode. Um, mm. And I, I'm, I'm really humbled by it. Like, and, and that includes from Oren himself, but he deserves all the credit in the world. That was like a 50, 50 episode of I, uh, what I really feel like was two guys becoming friends. Um, mm. And, and, and I, I, 
I just can't believe that it, it translates so well to so many people. So, like, thanks, dude. Like, I, I really mean it. And, like, shout out to Oren. And if anybody hasn't listened to that episode, please do it because he's an amazing person that's, like, lived an amazing life. And you cannot be, like, cannot not be an Oren Vite fan after listening to that episode because he's the most likable fucking dude ever. Absolutely, man. And, Rafe, wouldn't you agree? I mean, I think that. When you have a guest like Oren or any of the guys that you've had and I've had the pleasure to have on, and, you know, they're, they're really good. Justin Kyle was like that. I had him on, and he was such an amazing, amazing guest. And I call it kind of um, an interview on cruise control because at the end you think that was a great interview. And I always say nothing to do with me. It was all of my guests. Yeah, I mean, 100%. when you have a guest like that that's mm-hmm. willing to elaborate and dig deep and give you great answers like that, wow. It's, it's easy. It's a, kind of a night off. It's, it is because it's just a conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not in yeah. interview mode. You're not, like, thinking of questions. I never write anything down. You know, I just want to talk to people. Right. And some of them can be hard and be, like, pulling teeth and take a little yeah. bit of editing afterwards and stuff like that to make them flow and things like that. Maybe because the person isn't like, you know, feeling comfortable and things like that. But you turn yeah. around to s- somebody like Oren and I can, I mean, I could list off all the all the guys right right now, like Neil Diamond Cutter and Casanova Valentine and Alex Cologne, Alex Ocean, mm. Akira. Like, I, I'm not going to shout out everybody because they've all been so giving of their time. And they just make it easy, man, because they're all just such mm-hmm. cool guys. And I didn't even think I'd be like a deathmatch wrestler interviewer, but everybody in the deathmatch scene <laughs> is just so fucking wicked and so giving of their time that like you can't not love all these dudes. No, the, the community, the deathmatch community of wrestlers, fans, it's, it really is special. Yeah. I, I like all kinds of wrestling as you do. I mean, you and new Japan was, was your, Huge. was, yep. was a big, uh, a big promotion for you. And I grew up a WWF kid yep, and you know, and, and now I love all of the indies. But there, there is there's something special and unique about anything deathmatch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a community, and everybody celebrates everybody else's success, and it's really cool. I I enjoy I enjoy being a part of that. I really do. Yeah, it re- it reminds me of like my days. I, I've said on the podcast before. I used to be in a band, and I used to be in a metal band, so. I always used to like that sort of, you know, underground kind of vibe and our little, you know, scene that we built for ourselves here and how all the bands used to support each other and stuff. And then when I found Deathmatch Wrestling, I found that again, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, all these dudes get it. We're all on the same wavelength. We don't need everybody in the world to get it. We just got to do what we do. And, and like, I love it, man. So I guess my first and, like, main question for you uh as like another podcast creator, what was sort of the antithesis for you starting your own show? So I got your five stars has been out for a few years now, right? So at what point were you like, I'm going to cross over from being just a guy that digs it and talk about it, you know, to the world? I appreciate you asking me that, man, because it gives me a chance to talk about one of my best friends, Kevin Hogan, rest in peace, Muffin Man, Kevin Hogan. I'm not sure if you know no. much of Kevin Rafe, but, you know, Kevin was 
probably the greatest independent wrestling fan, at least in the Northeast there's ever been a fantastic person. And when he died, he, he died tragically. He was on his way to work and he, uh, he got in a car crash and oh. uh, just a tractor trailer obliterated his car. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, um, yeah, it was, it was devastating. Ray it really was because he was at every show. I think he was at every CZW show from the, the, the day the doors opened there. Uh, and and he supported everything. He was at Matt Tremont's store every week faithfully to buy it, buy something from him. You know, he was just a, a tremendous person. So when he when he passed, I wanted a way to speak about him every single week. Yeah. And you know, I had been sort of tossing about the idea of doing a podcast too. A couple of people that really inspired me to do that. One was a podcast called the uncle Mike and Tom show. And they just sort of surveyed the Indies. Mm -hmm. And I always found that every time I would listen to that show, I learned something new about different people I didn't know, or I, I learned about promotions. I did not know. And I really appreciated that. And then another show I discovered the indie power rankings with, Vic Philpott, rest in peace, another one of the greatest fans independent wrestling has ever known. Mm -hmm. uh, and he passed away much too soon as well. But him and Travis, they Travis Desmond, they used to do sort of that same thing, that survey of the indies. And then they both stopped. Yeah. And Yakuza Kick Radio with my man J. Cat Morris was another show that surveyed the indies, taught me a lot about people that I did not know of before. And I sort of thought, I I want to do something like they did, you know, in the same same way where I can expose people to these faces on the indies that I think have tremendous talent and the people need to know about them, yeah. you know. So that was always the kind of the design. And I sat down and my friend Eric Williams told me, I think you could do a podcast, Jeremy. So I said, well, I can do all these things all together now. I can remember my friend Kevin, which the, the graphic for I Got Your Five Stars is Kevin Hogan. Oh, that's on the, awesome. On the front. I was Art, wondering about yeah, that, the picture because I was like, that doesn't look like you. And Neil told me the same thing. When I, when I talked to Neil Cutter at King yeah. of the Death, he said, that doesn't look like you. You look different in person. I said, oh, no, that's not me. That's your friend. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. That's so, really cool. So my, my friend Shaheen drew me that artwork made that artwork for the podcast mm -hmm. which so so we, i had that and then i was able to take what those other guys inspired me to do and make a podcast and just and also it was powerbomb tv at the time now it's iwtv yeah. mm -hmm. but that that was always the engine that drove me because i was able to watch all these shows from everywhere mm -hmm. and fine guys that 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 to me is so much fun and exciting when i see a guy that wow this guy's got talent yeah everybody needs to know this name yeah. if they don't know it yet they're gonna know it eventually and so that 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 became my passion let me let me try to find guys that really haven't blown up yet but i think they're going to and then when they blow people will go oh yeah heard them first with jeremy you know, so, uh, and I always tease these guys. I say, you're going to make me look really smart because I know you're going to explode eventually here. And 
I had you <laughs> back in the day on the show, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. That, that's uh, right now, awesome. I, you know, I've got my eyes on um, man. Brian Keith is a guy I really want to have on the show. Yeah, because he's getting ready to explode, Rafe. I mean, the matches he's been in, and he did no piece too last night, which I have to watch that. My as first well. time ever seeing but, him, and yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the awesome. bounty hunter. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah I he's love good. Him. He's yeah. yeah, that Texas talent. You know, there's a lot of talent down there, but um. So yeah, I appreciate you asking me a long answer to the question, I guess. But uh, yeah, 2018, early 2018, started the podcast. We've been going ever since. I was just, it was just me for a long run, and then Sean O'Brien and I, referee Sean O'Brien, shout out to Sean, SPO, who you had out. on your show as well, Rafe. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. SPO, exactly, the best ref in the game, the best. Well, right? (laughs) You watch him in there. I mean, we'll probably talk about him again later, but, like, you watch him in the ring, and he's everywhere he needs to be. But he's also, like, cleaning up for the guys and stuff as it goes. Like, he's – yeah, he's just on it. He's Yeah, he's the man. He keeps them safe, Rafe. He does. He knows – he's such a – a staple of deathmatch wrestling at this point. Mm -hmm. I almost get to a show, and if I don't see Sean, I think, oh, boy, that's – that's probably not good. You know, I'd rather see Sean in there just to keep everybody safe. And yeah. he's in charge in there. And you see the difference. I mean, if you watch, sure. if you come across an independent show or matches where you, you can see, like I saw one a couple weekends ago live where the referees were wide eyed and they were, they were scared shitless. I yeah. mean, you could see it, you know, the poor kids were scared as hell. Yeah. And Sean is such a, a steady force in there, you know? So yeah, yeah. Just a seasoned vet. You can tell like he's just on it, you know, and he's seen it all and he's done it all. And he's just, yeah, ready to go. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Seen it all. Exactly, man. So, yeah. So Sean and I've been at this for a bit. He was with me on and off the whole time. I mean, we would do shows together here and there. Mm -hmm. And finally we just talked and said, Hey, uh, we, we have a blast every time we're together. I think we have good chemistry together. So why don't we do this full time? Yeah. And Sean was game. And so here we go, you know, and it really has opened doors, Rafe, because as you can imagine, I mean, normally when I get the guests on, I can make them feel more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But before some guys are a little, eh, they're not so sure. And Sean's presence, because Sean's a peer of theirs, Mm -hmm. you know, so it makes it different. It, it kind of provides a, a nice inroad for us yeah. where if someone is a little on the fence, they won't be on the fence now because most of the time they know Sean, have worked with Sean in some capacity. So Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and, and, and like a, also his at, perspective man. is like invaluable as well because he's the third man in the ring a lot of the time. Uh, so you, yeah, or either that or he's like behind the curtain and stuff. So you're also getting this like amazing like insiders look at everything as well. So if anybody hasn't checked out, I got your five stars. You got to watch it. Like Sean just has all the knowledge. He's there. They they do great shows like recounting his weekends and stuff. Just you know talking about mm-hmm. stories on the road and stuff. But then you've also got Jeremy's like like boundless enthusiasm and passion for for wrestling. Like I love it when you get fired up. Like it, it gets me fired up. I messaged you the other day when you guys were talking to struggles. Uh, another guy who's amazing at you know picking out a brilliant yeah. talent and highlighting talent. 
if you've never heard the Spotlight series, he's gone through a little bit of a change now, just due to his schedule being full-time commentary for ICW No Holds Barred. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, struggles interview with these guys. By the end of that, I was messaging you guys, like, I am ready to go this weekend because I was, like, <laughs> so fired up for it. Right? And, like, yeah, it was it, it had me pumped. Ah. So everybody check it out. Man, it's so good. I appreciate that, Rafe. I, man, Struggs, though, he's badass. I mean, he is. but it, it, he's the kind of commentator that I would be if I could get on there. I, when he, when he, let's go, or let's go, kid, or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, love it. Him and Ron are, like, probably my favorite team. Uh, like yeah, they're wrestling. Team. Ron's so funny, but, like, never get, lets that get in the way of the action. Um, and Struggs has just got these one-liners and the, the intensity and stuff. Yeah, they, they can do no wrong in my eyes. No, yeah. no. And yeah, so. Struggles has really come on. And you mentioned the Spotlight Series. Wow. I mean, I, I discovered that one a couple of years ago, I guess. He had Tremont on there. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a huge Matt Tremont fan. I've got a tattoo of Matt on my leg. Oh, awesome. And uh, so, I, so I saw that and, oh, I got to check that out. And the sound, the quality of his show, he's just, it's just, it's top notch, yeah. you know? And he, I always knew if he ever wanted to dip his toe into commentary or something, I'm sure he'd be fucking top at, at that because, yeah. and, and it's proven that he, ha- that he is. I mean, he, he quickly has gotten better and better. Yeah. I mean, his first shows, he was never, he was never b- bad, but, I think he's really come into uh, being one of the top in the indies yeah. at this point now. He work, the guy works hard. He's got a cool yeah. as fuck voice. Like, and he, yeah, he yeah. just, he just grinds out. He knows his shit and he just keeps working, man. And like he, there hasn't been an ICW, you know, no holds barred match, you know, since he came on board that he hasn't caught. Like, you know, you're getting in those reps, right. you know, as well as everything yeah, yeah. else he does behind the scene. Like, yeah, he's just he's just all over it, man. Like, there's no stopping yep. that guy. He's absolutely killer. Well, I think that's the perfect uh, lead into what was a great weekend of ICW No Holds Barred down in Texas, starting yeah. with the Pit 3. How did you feel about the setup there, man? A little bit of a different look for ICW? Yeah, I was surprised when I when I turned it on and I saw, oh, I see, we're going we're going away from the uh, the pit cage now. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was cool, man. I mean, in that crowd, I mean, you never know when a promotion goes into a new area. You never know what's going to happen as far as turnout. But the turnout they had, holy cow, Danny must be smiling. I mean, they, they went in there and kicked ass. Yeah. No, it was it was cool. It looked like a like a cool venue. Hey, like the the setup they had was obviously pretty different. I, I think the way I understand it, that they've kind of set it up like so they've almost got three types of shows they can do depending on where they are. Right, so mm. you've got no holds barred proper, which is the the full ring with the chains. Then you've got right. the pit, which is like their. You know, well, the original pit happened when they got rained out or whatever. They couldn't do a show, and Danny's like, fuck it, we're doing it on the ground with railings, right? So, right, and then that right. adapted into the MMA cage, which is Pit Fighter X. So, really, they've mm-hmm. kind of set it up so they can kind of operate anywhere, which is really smart. What's that? Yeah. You guys don't have much room in that venue, or the whole venue isn't uh, free the night before. That's cool. Let's just use this back room. We'll stick up some railings, or we'll tie up some ropes or something, and it's just 
It's bare knuckle boxing kind of look. Oh, okay. Yep. We're going to bring in the cage. You guys have got access to that. We're going to do a Pit Fighter X. Oh, full venue, no holds barred. It's really smart, like as far as a, a booking goes. And also having different flavors for the show as well, which I think is sure. really smart as well. You know, it's not always just a ring yeah. you're, you're tuning in for like when they do the Pit Fighter X and they've got that like sick intro and stuff like that in the pit, we just fight like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I just get so fired up, man. Like I, yeah, they're, they're, they're killing it, dude. Those are struggles too, man. Those videos that, yeah. that Struggs makes are, are badass. And I think that is one of the best ways to get, like you said, get get the viewer fired up and those intro packages. Yeah. You know, and that's that's old school. I mean, CZW used to do that. And before the, the matches or before the show, you'd see a hype video, even at the arena, you know, and everybody would get jacked. Yeah. So I, I think it's very smart. And that's why I, I, I said on my podcast when when – Danny really brought struggles into the fold. I said that he hit a fucking home run there because Struggs knows the indies, so he he knows talent. He's going to be able to to survey and tell Danny who 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 he needs to be looking at. Uh, he knows video editing, you know, and he uh, obviously he's got recording uh, experience and all that, and his voice is amazing. So. I thought, man, knocked it right out of the park with him. Yeah, that's a t- talent scout like MVP pickup right there. It's, it's so smart, and he you can see how he's easily become like a huge resource, you know, to Danny, yeah. which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and For yeah, sure. when when you hear as well, like you know, all those videos, the 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 more packages they keep doing, you know, like you see the Masada video, like with Neil mm-hmm. Diamond Cutter, or like the you know, the lead up to the title match with Eric Ryan and um, John Wayne Murdoch just before that happened and stuff like those kind of things matter. And while the bits and pieces are happening in the ring, they're sweeping it out, not that well, uh, and trying to get like <laughs> all the shit out and stuff like that. You know, they can play that and distract people and do all that. And, you know, the even, even stuff like the custom name plates and like, the belt graphic makes it seem like higher end. When that American Deathmatch title f- flashes up and it glints and it's like title yeah. fight, it feels like a big deal. And that, like all Heck that yeah. stuff is really cool, man. Like, yeah, he knows those details, man. And like they're they're going all, all guns blazing as far as that stuff goes. And it's gonna be interesting to see like how they continue to grow over time. Where did we start yeah. with this one? Remind me. What was the... I don't have any notes because I couldn't watch it live. So I got up this morning at like 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or whatever it was <laughs> and watched like, you know, five and a half, six hours of wrestling in a row. So I'm here and I'm just going to do my best to remember it. I know how that feels, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah the first the first match was Akira and Eric Ryan. And oh, yep, yep, yep. Man, you know, Akira... He he's tough. It, that he kid is, is tough. He is. But he's oh man, what a weekend! You get Eric Ryan, fucking back to back king of the death match, mm-hmm. and then you get Masada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a he really drew some. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, he wanted to draw them, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, Eric Ryan's fork bat was pretty brutal. That was a yeah. a main piece of equipment. Oh, definitely, man. And you know, I I was gonna ask you you're you're probably on the same page but to me that head stomp that 
single crab fucking head stomp that he does. That's one of the most brutal finishers in, in wrestling to me. Dude, I mean, it is. It, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's awesome. I, I'm hit and miss with Eric Ryan a little bit. I think he works hard, and I think when he's in the ring, he tells, like, a killer story. I think his mm-hmm. finish is one of, like, the best. There's something about when he comes in for me that, I don't know, this, like, a vibe disconnect for me. Maybe it's just because he's 440 and fuck Ohio. <laughs> I don't know what be. it is. Could just be that. that could be. But there's, I don't know, there's something that doesn't quite connect for me. And I, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm never like, oh, sick, it's Eric Ryan. But then when the match right. happens, by the end of it, I was like, that was sick. You know? So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is the 440 thing. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. But I like other guys in that faction. So I don't know. He's just maybe not all the way my guy yet. But dude, that stomp and like the the work he can put on like when i think about that uh match he had with oren at the last no holds barred um where they didn't really have much stuff and they just smashed a heap of glass on the ring and poured around some forks (laughs) and then just told a hell of a story man like the dude can go he can go Mm -hmm. yeah he really can i i always felt that with the last two king of the death wins that he got you know they were both quite heavily Due to interference from four four zero, yeah, and they, you know, I kind of thought that was kind of a backhand compliment to Eric Ryan because he is, he is one of the best deathmatch wrestlers, you know, but there also really hasn't been anyone, to my knowledge, that's ever won King of the Death with all that interference, you know. And last yeah. year he beat Schlack with four four zero just mugged him yeah and then he pinned schlack mm-hmm. and then this this year same thing they got involved with uh, Orrin likely would have won yeah and eric eric got kind of the assist there from 440 so i think he can do it i also think you're on to something there with the the disconnect eric really doesn't seem to have much of a a character. It doesn't yeah. have much as much of a presence as some of those guys do. You know, he There's just kind of comes like, out and like think about when Atticus walks really in, right? Like when Atticus walks right. into the room, he's got this intensity mm-hmm. in his eyes, and people are flipping him off and shit like that. And he'll kind of smirk at them and keeps going. And you're like, this dude is here to fucking go. But Eric sort yeah. of has this, and it's part of it, I guess, his vibe. This sort of like cocky, sort of like half mm-hmm. smile and things like that. But yeah. like. I don't know if when I look in his eyes in that entrance, I connect with it or or believe with it, believe in it all right. the way. You know what I mean? And maybe that's his character True. and I don't get it. Or maybe he's just a naturally nice guy and he has a hard time being a bad guy. I don't, that could be. <laughs> I don't know. But then that when could it, be. Yeah, but the, there's just something there. And so, yeah, I'm not trying to diss at all. But, but uh, like I say, whenever he comes in, I'm like, oh. But then when he goes he does all his talking in the ring yeah yes that, that i think you just explained him very well mm-hmm. you know I, I think so but yeah there, I thought it was a good way to start off and mm-hmm. akira was game like i said but once he once he can turn you over with that half crab and the fucking stomp start yeah. you're done it's fucking <laughs> it's fucking over man and like talk yeah. about the the polar opposite with intensity when he enters the ring in akira like, you don't see anybody coming with more fire than he does. And when, like, Larry's right. doing that goddamn motherfucking death samurai and he's jumping onto a knee right. and going crazy, he's he's always fired up to be there. And he brings, like, the yeah. energy hard, you know what I mean? 
Yes, and Strug said Akira is one of the only, one of the very few that get that. Let's go, kid. Yeah, yeah. Call from him. So yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I know he plays but, it a you lot. Know, you mentioned intensity. I mean, the next match was Justin Kyle. I mean, it did not a whole Chase lot more intense crossed. than that bad motherfucker, man. No fuck, man. <laughs> Look out. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's the real deal, dude. When he he comes in, like it is. It's some serious shit. And I know our boy Sean was like literally running for his life a few times, trying to move the door. Fucking Justin Carl took a swing at him. I was like, holy fuck. My wife, I was looking yep. down like at my phone or something. My wife was like, did you see that? And I was like, what? She's like, you need to rewind right now because your boy almost got punched in the face. And then later on, he got like pushed and stuff like that. I was like, Kyle's not here to play, man. No. And, and it was Brian Keith. His debut in ICW. I mean, I I sort I discovered Brian Keith the WrestleMania weekend. I watched a new Texas Pro show, and a lot of those guys. I don't know if Brian Keith. A lot of the guys on the roster are trained by Booger T. Okay, I think Brian Keith might be as well. Really, but he's had some high profile matches lately. I mean, Davey Richards, and then he gets this one, and. He was on no peace with Zicky Dice last night, which yeah. I I want to watch that. I imagine that's probably on IWTV. I think it was at the same venue, yeah, okay. as the pit, yeah, yeah, the pit was. But big weekend for Brian Keith. But man, I thought this one, Rafe was. They told some stories here, man. I mean, yeah. it was like uh, you, you definitely come away saying, okay, we got a sawed off fucking animal with Justin Kyle. <laughs> And we got a, a fighter who is hard to fucking kill yeah. with Brian Keith, right? Mm. And it, he, that crab was about BK, right? They were going sick for yeah. him. He looked like a superstar. The gimmick, like the poncho and the hat, he looks like a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And he comes in there, yeah. and then, then he takes it to Kyle. And obviously, he get at one point, Kyle just picked him up and threw him through a door, like in the way I've never seen anybody manhandled. But he just like kept coming back, and the story was, he's a tough fucking dude. He ran into yeah. the toughest dude, but but he exactly. he was a real one. And some of those kicks were clean as fuck. Like, yeah, I, I want to see more from Brian Keith. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Rafe, I, I was going to bring that up. There was uh, early on, Kyle was just kind of having his way with him. And yeah. then Keith nailed a couple really spot-on kicks. Yeah. Savat from Justin. Yeah. Justin was on his knees, and he kicked him right in the chin. And Kyle was smiling. Yeah, and I thought because I, I, you know, I talked to him for a while on the show, and I kind of I knew why he was smiling. I, I thought I bet Justin Kyle was smiling because he's thinking, "Oh, good, nice one, motherfucker, let's go." Yeah. You know, he likes it when people can yeah. give it back. So, <laughs> exactly right. He he wants yeah. to bang, man. Like absolutely, oh, yeah. Like, he's there to fight. He's so. a bad dude. He's a bad dude. Yeah. Did you hear? I if you haven't heard the episode where where I had Justin on check it out just because his stories are phenomenal. He talks about when Teddy Hart was milling around there in Tampa and they didn't want him there. Oh, I heard that he was involved, but I haven't heard it from his point of view. I'm about halfway through that episode. Um, in it, he was telling you all of where I'm up to. He was telling you all about his like MMA experience, which is legit as it gets. Right. (laughs) Yeah. He's way legit. Yeah. But he told Teddy, he said, Teddy, because at one point Teddy threw his jacket off like he was ready to fight, and Justin looked at him and said, 
Teddy, I'd pick your fucking coat up or you're going to be laying there on the ground where that coat is. <laughs> and and I, I'd i say that's as legitimate of a, of a statement as has ever been. <laughs> I mean, that yeah, that is that. one dude. And you can tell with Justin, he's he's got, you know, Justin's a good good guy, but you can see he's got that fucking burning animal in him. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't want to be the one to see that come out. <laughs> in front of my face you no. know i'm quite happy watching it through my screen uh from the exactly. other side of the world and that may be as close as i ever want to get to a pissed off justin Kyle. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly oh rafe have you have you done i haven't been able to do any research on great scott this was the first time I had seen him, these two shows. No, here. it was my first exposure they- as well. I know he, he's a, like a local guy in Texas as well, right? Which is something uh-huh. that I think was really cool about this show, uh, the kind of traveling promotion kind of vibe they had. Like yeah. John Wayne is the traveling champion, like a Ric Flair or whatever. He's going to take this American Deathmatch mm-hmm. title around the country. Who's your best? Let's go. And the both shows were kind of linked together like that, right? And so somebody like Brian Keith, like Great Scott, the crowd and stuff were right behind them because they're their guys. And I I thought that was really cool, and I thought great exposure for everybody. Hmm. Hell yeah, man. I like that, Rafe, Mm -hmm. what you just said. And I hadn't really uh, had that thought in my head, but it's so true what you say. It's it's sort of like... Territory based, yeah. you know, uh, defending the belts, bring, coming coming to a new territory, and yeah, bring it like you said, yeah, no doubt, man. But that great Scott, he was again, you know, they gave these guys the best and the best they have almost. I mean, they give Ryan Keith, J- Justin Kyle, and they give great Scott Dale Patrick's. Yeah. Now they're calling him the MVP, yeah. and fucking a man, I I'd have to say. He's he might very well be the MVP of ICW Dude, right now. Dale was looking Dale good. Was, he was looking fired up. Yeah. Like the yeah. finishing sequence there, like the, the choke slam he does, like oh. it look just looks devastating. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah. And yeah. then then his promo that he gives as well. Like he did a couple of promos over the weekend. He just so fired up, and Dale's killing mm-hmm. it. He's killing it. Yeah, yeah. And I I've been seeing Dale. 2015 king of the death was the first time i saw dale mm-hmm. and then he was going by the phoenix dale patrick's and mm-hmm. i thought well you know he's the future of deathmatch wrestling yeah well and look at him now you know i mean i i always was one to kind of mm, i i wasn't so sure about the age of the uh the long the long-standing adage that the northeast is where we're wrestling mm. where you need to get to. That's the big time, you know, because yeah, yeah. I always thought, well, there's so much good, good shit happening everywhere, you know? Yeah. But I, I've seen it come so true. I mean, guys like Neil Diamond Cutter mm-hmm. and Dale Patrick's, they've been doing this at a high level for a long time, mm-hmm. but just never really made it up to the Northeast. Yeah. And once they got to ICW, bam. You said they, they, instantly they blow up. Like, yeah, because they're, yeah. they're ready to go. They're already seasoned. They just didn't have that platform. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, you know, that finishing sequence that you mentioned with Tail, he, he fucking goes full animal. I yeah. mean, when he hits that that choke slam. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Dale, Dale is not – I learned this from Justin Kyle. Not with the fuck around. 
That's yeah. a saying. <laughs> he kept yeah. saying that. I'm I'm not with the fuck around, or so and so's not with the fuck around. Dale's not. Yeah. You know, and when he gets when he gets pissed, he calls himself the deathmatch jackass, but he, I don't see a whole lot of jackass stuff from him anymore. He no. he, he brings it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I personally feel like he he's really starting to move past that. You know that that stuff he did. I remember yeah. seeing an earlier. Uh, no holds barred in the bloodshed. Him and Reed Bentley was the first time I saw him, and it had that vibe, you know, like he he's got thumbtacks in his ass and there's things going on yeah. and blah blah blah. Yeah. There's not that anymore, and I don't think he needs to do that anymore. You know what I mean? Like I, I think either. he's I don't either. moving past it and becoming one of like the elite deathmatch wrestlers. And yeah. like, yeah, you just see him out there and you see like the passion in his promos and stuff, and it's like, man, you can you can leave that stuff behind. You know, you can you can just focus on being a, right. an an ass beater. Like, yeah, he's he's Agreed, he's one of man. the real ones, man. Oh hell yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he loves the stuff with the ass. I mean, <laughs> for years I've seen he would always do kind of the light tube. Somebody would light tube up his ass and stuff like that. You know, but, well, yeah, I, I, I right. don't need I, to I, say I, it. I don't think he needs to do it. So. <laughs> no, I don't either, Rafe. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that kind of stuff anyway. I'm not really a big haha guy. Mm. I mean, I get it that you know, humor has its place in wrestling and all. I, I guess I just more prefer the let's fucking go, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's what Absolutely. I prefer. I prefer Masada. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, like exactly. Speaking of, fuck. But but one last thing I'll notice, you you know Dale must be a real one because I noticed him and Justin Kyle were wearing each other's merch, like, in each of the things. So right. Justin Kyle's repping you, like, yeah, you're, you're one to reckon with. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's it. He's, yeah. he's not going to just rep anybody, man. Um, yes. And who was uh, up next after that? Brandon Kirk and Oren, and which of course you know we we talked about Oren already, but Wizard and King. Brandon Kirk, man, I've I've been seeing Brandon for a long time up here mm-hmm. in New Jersey in the Indies, mm-hmm. a small scale. He used to be in a tag team with Jeff Cannonball. Yes, yeah, uh, and, like the Lone and, Rangers know, so, or something. <laughs> well, the Lone Rangers was Cannonball and Mitch Fallon. Oh, okay. another one of my guys too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But they were called the Rogues back then. Ah. Back in what was. Jersey Championship Wrestling, right, right, mm-hmm. 2013, 14, something yeah. like that around right. there. Mm-hmm. And that was eventually what became GCW. Oh, I can't. You know, the, yeah. Right, right. And now Brett has brought back JCW. So there is a Jersey Championship Wrestling running again now, but really? it's not the original. The original was what eventually became actually the, the very first NGI. Yeah. Was it was GCW, but it was GCW JCW. They were still they still hadn't gone the full rebrand. Right, okay. Yeah. So right, right, right. Yeah. So you so you saw all that stuff, stuff happen in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And and Brandon Kirk was always a guy that I thought something about him. He's got a look that I think people are gonna want to fucking hate. You know, he's got that kind of. <laughs> Swagger, cocky look. Smirk, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That smirky fucking arrogance where you just think he's the, he'd be the guy I'd like to smash his face in, you know? And sure enough, people just love to see him get his ass beat, don't they? Yeah, they do, man. And they can go too. He can definitely do some ass beating. I can feel like some uh, some of the older stuff I've seen from him, like uh, with Jimmy Lloyd, Cage of Death, and like one-on-one mm-hmm. with Takeda. 
and stuff like that. Like he he can go, but then you add in Casey as well, who's also a bit of a heat magnet. You know, they they come yeah. in and you want to see him yeah. go down, and then you bring in a white knight like the Wizard King, and it, it's uh, magic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, you know, uh, one thing that I always I always marvel at mm. is how fast gusset plates produce a fucking gusher. Oh, dude, I mean, he just hit that thing and just pulled down. It was just like, whoa. And I was right? like, whoa, that was he, like he, a crimson was, mask immediately in one second. Yeah, yeah, he was Steve Carino. One shot, one one hit with the fucking gusset, pulled it off, and they were looking at, you know, Brandon Kirk, a.k.a. Steve Carino with the crimson mask. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome, man. I can believe it. I feel like fucking there was a knifeboard. No- oh, Jesus Christ. I messaged Zoran. I was like, how's your fucking arm? And he was like, he was like, oh, it's deep, but it's not that bad. I'm like, can you just stop with the knife boards? Like, I can do without. Yeah. I'm like, you know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to. I don't want to see the dude die. And they, which one again? Back to, was it his match? I think it was GCW because I think Joey Janela, Janela was talking about. Oh no, it was a tournament of survival when mm-hmm. Oren gets dropped face first onto that knife board, but the camera's like right there. Like, so you're looking at the knife board and he gets dropped out. And Joey Janelle was literally like, this camera angle is fucked because he just <laughs> falls straight <laughs> on top of it. And I, I, they stress me out so much, man. <laughs> like, God, I'm telling you. And Oren, Oren is such a nice, articulate dude. <laughs> He's a good looking dude too. You know, you always figure these guys that don't mind, like put my face in a fucking knife board. You know, they, yeah. there's something, there's, there's a switch that's flipped, you know? He's fearless, Must man. Be. He's literally fearless. Like, yeah. fearless. everything else is fearless. secondary to, to his work, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it was a great match. Starts off, you know, bit of ha-ha, you know, he's got the cowboy hat, looking great in his new cowboy hat, having fun. Starts right. the match wearing it, you know what I mean? But then it heats up real yeah. fast. And like you say, first gusset plate, ding, a single tap. It falls out. I'm like, oh, it didn't stick. But then it's like, fountain of blood and then it's just like yeah. on from there and it, i really enjoyed the match man i thought it was really cool me too yeah uh, although did you notice i thought Oren was really favoring his wrist there at yeah. the end with the with the, the knife board he did get himself pretty deep yeah like oh, when when he came geez. down because he kind of got it's almost like a russian leg sweep kind of thing down and he came down on that arm first uh, I think that's how it happened anyway, is what best I could see. But he actually got himself like pretty deep. So he had it like, Ooh. he didn't get anything serious, but that's why he was favoring it. Like he, he got himself with that knife board. Gotcha. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is, that's what I'm saying. They're fucking, they're no joke. Yeah, slow down, Oren. I mean, between the 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 king of the dead never, last year, never. where he lost almost all the blood in his body. Yeah. You know, and he keeps going. You know, you'd think a lot of people would say, well, okay, that's enough now. I've, I've come close to actually dying for this, so I'm done now. But no. No, no he, he was this, like, that's when yeah. I knew I was about it. He's like, when I was like, I'm faced with death, but I I need to wrestle tomorrow. I need to do that. He's like, that's when you know you're in it for life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he loves death yeah. match wrestling, bro. He, he doesn't let that Hell stuff yeah. phase him. You know, he's still ticking, so... Yeah. Yep. He's a real one, That's man. Right, man. Check out Arnva. Yeah. Yeah, check him out. He he really is. He he's become he's become one of my favorites, you know, and, and especially after like I said, after hearing your interview, I just I I love him. I, I have a deeper rooting interest for Oren when I see him now. That's sure. great. That's great. Oh, 
I, I told you about the Tremont tattoo I yes. have on my leg, mm-hmm. and Schlack did the tattoo. Oh, really? Tattoos, kind of like you'd think. He tattoos exactly like you think Schlack would tattoo. It hurts so fucking bad. But he just barely just put uh, (laughs) fucking ink on a gusset plate and smash it into your leg in the shape of Tremont or whatever. It was rough. It was rough, man. No, he just, you know. Oh, I had a great time with him. We're talking. He's a he's an awesome fucking dude. Yeah, but you know, he just he goes along, and as you'd imagine, Schlack, he's heavy-handed, and he also. He's thinking, hey, we don't need you don't need to take breaks. So he's carving on my leg for five hours straight. <laughs> and I got up like Schlack is I kept texting him day after day. Schlack, is this normal? I still can't really walk. Oh, you're fine, you're fine. <laughs> I was eventually fine. But it was uh the reason why I said that though was because the next match was Schlack and Satu mm-hmm. and that was a legit war, man. That was just walk and brawl, eh? just beating the hell yeah. out of each other in the crowd, bar fighting, drinking two goddamn beers at the same goddamn time. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was just two yeah. dudes punching the fuck out of each other. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty basic. You That's know, exactly just, what just I expected. <laughs> I'm going to hit you in the face as hard as I can, and we'll see how you do, <laughs> you yeah, know? So, exactly. yeah, but then he got him. He, Schlack, when he, he I, I've seen Schlack do this several times where he takes the door and just fucking decimates awesome. it over somebody's yeah. head. It always looks devastating to me. Yeah. And he did that over Satu, and that was it. You yeah. know, one, two, three. But that's where the, uh, the door to ceases Schlack. to exist. Like it just literally just disintegrates into kindling, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, that's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. Yeah. It takes it from a door into, you know, cardboard and, yeah, and kindling. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Nah, it, it, yeah. That, it was like everything you'd want from that. And another example of the difference in format, right? Like the pit versus, say, a no holds barred. If it was no holds barred in the chain, there would probably would have been a lot more glass. There would have been a lot more craziness going on. But the idea of the pit, it's like a, you know, a bare knuckle brawl. It's just two dudes punching on in a bar, going for it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it mixes in the, the no ring brawls that Casanova does and yeah. mm-hmm. it mixes in kind of the blood sport mm-hmm. uh, MMA fighting you know it's really a Danny's Danny had a great concept there mm-hmm. I mean of course I attribute much of GCW's success to Danny anyway yeah I do mm-hmm. and nothing you know nothing against Brett but I feel like a lot of that early stuff and the foundation was laid by Danny DeMonto and mm-hmm. You you see it, you know, now that he's doing his own thing because a lot of his, uh, the things that he always loved to do are coming to fruition. Yeah. You know, like bringing in, the, bringing in the different talent. And once the international, once the borders get opened up, you're going to see some crazy shit. Man. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see some crazy shit. Yeah, he's got. He's going to have everybody man. up in there. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be wild. Eh? And I can't wait. I'm so fucking tired of all this lockdown bullshit. Like... I want to go see a show. Yeah. I want to come to the States. You know what I mean? Like I, I've never seen an American death match live. Like it would be, be wild to come down there and basically tailgate with you guys and have a, yeah. have a killer time. Yeah. You know? And then, and then bro, you've had so many guys on your show that 
eventually there, you should do a faces and feels fucking <laughs> tournament or something, man. Guys will come down there with you. So. <laughs> Maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. I've got what it takes to, you know, uh, run a wrestling show. I wouldn't even uh, begin to know. But I fucking would definitely always rep the guys that I'm involved with as best I can. I I do have a bit to do with uh, Deathmatch Down Under. Just in I, I support those guys mm-hmm. so much. They're on the other side of sure. the country. So I'm not saying I'm part of the organization because I'm not at all, but I always promo them in any way I can. And I'm very excited for their dream tournament. It just got postponed due to COVID. So it's not going to be till October right. now, but I was a, I'm a sponsor of that. And my logo's on the ring canvas. So that's going to be a bucket list awesome. item for me that I'm really excited to see in real life. I need to get some of the photographers to be like, make sure you get a photo of that shit. Cause it's fucking so awesome. So Hell yeah. <laughs> Joel said Wait, he cut, cut that- it out and send it to me. So <laughs> I have Hell a bloody yeah. glass covered will canvas. That on my be the, will that be the first death match tournament in yes. Australia? Yes, it will. Yeah, that's fucking bad. It's pretty exciting. I was going to go for it. Yeah. There's a part of me, a very selfish part of me, that's kind of glad it got cancelled because <laughs> maybe I can go again. Because I, I had everything. Sure. I was booked. I had the leave. I was ready to go. Uh, and then mm-hmm. when it, it got uh, everything started to flare up again in Sydney and Melbourne, I was like, well, I'm going to need to cancel everything. There's no way I'm going to be able to go. And even if I went sure. over there, WA probably wouldn't let me back in. Like our premier doesn't play no games. He just locks it down. We're so isolated. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I was like, fuck, I'm not going to get to go. And then it got, got cancelled. I'm like, that's so fucking shit uh, for Joel and Jay and Aaron and mm-hmm. all, all that team, you know. Um, but now it's the 2nd of October and I'm like, well, if it turns around, maybe things are gone. I'll be fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can get over. So we'll see how it goes because I would love to be there for it. It'd be amazing yeah. like to meet all the people i've been speaking to and to see that show would be be so cool but we'll see man covid means that you know cool shit doesn't really happen as much like yeah as, as changes up yeah all the i plans, used to travel man. all the time you know and uh, yeah i miss traveling that's the thing i miss the most so hopefully uh we're gonna see the back of this pretty soon you know sooner rather than later exactly i hope so too man yeah exactly. you know, the, the, the the next one rafe was masada and neil diamond cutter and the long run, I, you know, I never realized until recently because Neil's been saying it so much on the mic, you know, of what, of how, uh, how much of a legend Masada is in his own personal uh, lexicon, you know, in his own yeah. personal wrestling uh, career. Yeah. And, you know, he's a legend anyway, but it was cool to see how, Neil really wanted this match. Yeah. You know, this was just a dream of his to get in there with Masada. And, and Masada brought it, though. Yeah, dude. It, like, it was like Masada was the mountaintop for Neil. And they had almost versed yeah. each other many times. Uh, and mm-hmm. it just kept falling through for various kind of reasons, you know. And, and it gutted him. It was, he was really sad about it, you know. And so to finally get to this like, like point, I, I spoke to him about it on my show. Um, it, it meant the world to him and the fact that then he, hmm. he got there and did it and it was great. And like, you could see the emotion in, in his face. And like, I felt like even though, like even in defeat, like Masada was looking at him like, okay, motherfucker, like that was close. That was a little bit closer than I'm normally used to or the way I'd like. Maybe I took hmm. him too lightly and he sort of, you know, he just gets out of there, you know, he just leaves the ring. He's like, this is Neil's ring. I'm, I'm, fu- I'm going to fuck off. Like, and right. that in that, you know, Masada's never going to be the guy to, like, hug somebody and tell them they did a good job. But that respect right. there is all you need from him, you know what I mean? Because normally yep. you wouldn't give you a second glance and would just be out. But he was he was wary of him at the end there, and he, he'd learned something about Neil. And and then 
you know, when Danny comes in and says all those kind words to Neil, like you could see how much it meant to him. And like, I, I was choked up for him, man. Like Neil's, he was my first ever international guest and I consider him a friend. And so to see that for him, like was, was really special. And, and I loved the match. I, I thought it was really cool. And I, I'd love to see those guys in the chains, in the pit fighter X cage, anywhere anybody wants to book it. Like I, I'd love to see more, more of that story told. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so much fun to, to watch Masada and what he's grown into because I, I've, I've been able to watch most of his career and save the the Japanese stuff, mm-hmm. but you know here he is. I mean, he's just so fucking legendary, and yeah. he's got this. I think he's got this the rep among the boys that he deserves. Yeah. You know, they all know mm-hmm. this is the pinnacle. If we can get Masada, and I, I yeah. think that's great. You yeah. know, and when you see him. Now, you know, you see him come out, it's like, wow, this is Masada. This is an international deathmatch superstar. Yeah. You know, Legend, and he really you know? is. He was the first of that kind. He's so intimidating, man. He's such a big person, you know, yeah. like physically imposing, like, and not in the way that maybe some people are like, check out this dude's physique and stuff. He's just a right. big motherfucker and he looks dangerous oh, as yeah. hell. And like when he lays stuff in on people, when he manhandles people, like gets over them and puts mm-hmm. his weight on them and wraps them up and stuff. You're like, you would just have no fucking hope. You know what I mean? No. Because he's just, no, just everything. You know what I mean? He's oppressive. His entire yeah. uh, aura and and ring game and everything. It's, yeah, that's how I best describe Masada to anybody that hasn't seen him before. Oppressive. You know, and there's fucking nothing you can do. Hell yeah, man. Have you ever seen anybody? put those skewers in so violently. Of course, I mean, no. I can't imagine anybody would. They're mis- it's Masada's gimmick, but, you know. He looks like he doesn't man, give a fuck violent. about the person who's doing it. Like, right. Atticus is quite clean with it, like kind of surgical and precise, and there it is kind of thing. But he's like ripping open the bag, and they're going everywhere, and they're half in the head and fucking blah, blah, blah. And then he's putting in like, I don't know, six bunches into Neil, and, you know, Kiri's trying to put him in his leg and stuff like And it just seems disrespectful and dangerous and yeah he just nobody does it like he does it there's a lot of, everybody does the skewer spot but nobody does it like masada does it like yeah that's right the yeah they, force, all, they all took it like, from masada yeah, he doesn't yeah. give a fuck if it goes into their brain eh? like that's how it looks. oh no no yeah uh, no and that, that's what i was saying i mean there have been so many through the years when i was trying to think of spots to tell you about you know yeah. just and every one of them that I thought about where somebody's fucking brain was half hanging out of their head, yeah. Masada did that to them. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah anybody really who's is, near death, it was usually him. Exactly. Um, the fur, one of the most brutal ones I saw that was like really cool and innovative was in tournament 666, they had the big gusset fence up. And I was messaging with Corey mm-hmm. from Deathmatch Worldwide. And he was like, I was like, what the fuck's that? And he was like, that's a gusset fence. Check this out and sends me the link to Danny Havoc versus Masada with the, Ooh, the gusset fence that? thing. Yeah. And so I'm watching that and them using it. But then when he just breaks off a piece of it, like gusset, you know, two by four with it and has like Danny Havoc, like in this like camel clutch type hold with the gusset plate wood, like pressing against his head and he's like fading and shit. I'm like, 
oppressive. Like, yeah. Know, it's yeah. Just, fuck, yeah. it was brutal, eh? It's like, I don't want to be there. No, I wonder what the, the backstage, if there is much discussion. Because Masada's old school. I can see him kind of being like, hey, kid, we'll Call figure that one get out there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean... He, you know, the, the, the talk there with the boys has to be, yo, I'm going to lay it in. So be ready. Yeah, <laughs> because- it would be minimal. I think they would know what would happen. And I think he'd be like, I'll see you there. And that would just be yeah. it. And that's yeah. how he is, you know? <laughs> so- and then God forbid, God forbid you'd piss him off. I mean, I, I've seen, I've seen some where you can see Masada just, Gets somebody gets a little snug with him or something, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, he goes beast on them and they're done. Fuck. So that yeah, yeah that would be game over, and I would <laughs> would yeah. never want to be on the wrong side of that man. He's he's a terrifying no. presence. But yeah, just yeah. to just to say final words about Neil as well before we move on to the next match. Like, talk about a guy that's on a hot streak who is a veteran who can just still go, who works so hard. He. He has quit like his shoot jobs and stuff. Like at the moment, his every focus is wrestling, and you just see mm. him getting better and better. And so creative, man. When you think back through, like his run of no holds barred matches and things like that, they always stand out. He's always doing something awesome, you know, like that that makes it different. Like even I just spoke to Insane Lane the other night. And we spent quite a while talking about the match they had together with like the sparklers in the gusset played and you know, Bruce Springsteen playing and like <laughs> the, the dancing and all the stuff. And they have that ha ha stuff in there, but then it's still brutal and the Christmas matches with Cannonball and, you know, like uh, the stuff with Akira. And there's, there's just so much good stuff there, you know, like he's, he's just a really talented, driven guy. He sure is. Not many deserve it more than him. Yeah. You know, the journey he's been on. And I think that was a total shoot when Danny said in the ring to Neil, you told me that every promoter has fucked you over yeah. that you've ever worked with. Yeah. And I, I think that's a shoot, man. I, yeah. I think they really have. They've misused him. Yeah. Just mistreated him. Not not really given him a chance, an opportunity to shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, when he came, that's what, when he came to No Holds Barred, and I first saw him in there, mm-hmm. I thought, "All right, game on. He's going to get over big." Yeah. Because first of all, the theme song, people, you know, that seems like such a minuscule thing, but mm-hmm. when you've got a when when you've got a theme like that, I think that people can sing along to and everything. You know, I heard Balls Mahoney one time say that he he chose Big Balls for his theme because he wanted a theme that people could sing and when when the ECW arena started singing that with him mm-hmm. he's over he yeah. would know he you already he, he would know he's over yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. so i always when i when i see the when i hear guys with those themes i think all right they nailed it with the theme and then then on top of that i mean neil in the ring he's he's one of the best i mean that, mm-hmm. that little motherfucker can go yeah and he's tough as hell mm-hmm. so yeah good for him man i, I hope that this is only just the beginning. He is a veteran, but, you know, hopefully he's got a good long run still ahead of him. Yeah, and he's ready to travel, man. Like, he's he can't wait for COVID stuff to be over. He's sorting out his passport and stuff. Like, get him to Japan. Get him to Mexico. Get him mm-hmm. to Australia. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to see, mm-hmm. when all that shit's done, you're going to see Neil Diamond Cutter in places, and he will be over. 
wherever mm-hmm. he goes. So, yeah, there's, oh, yeah. there's great things oh, ahead yeah. for him. So, yeah, I can't wait to see where he takes it. Yeah, me neither, man. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it was uh, the final match was it was for the American Deathmatch Championship. Mm-hmm. Here again, we have Danny bringing in, you know, bringing in fresh talent and bringing in the talent from there in Texas, too. Yeah. Aaron Mercer, who I really didn't know much about him. It's, never I was never heard of him before. Him. I was like, another Mercer? No, I thought either. we've already seen one. Uh, but then <laughs> but then, as I like heard about it leading up to it, that he was like a local Texas guy, I'm like, okay, so this is the start. This is the traveling champion. Mm-hmm. This is a, who's your best, Texas? Let's go. Yep. In comes yep. the Duke, and then here we go. And when he comes out, he's got Ruben Steele with him. He's tall as fuck. You know what I mean? He's like an intimidating-looking guy is Aaron Mercer. And I'm like, okay, he looks like he can go. I don't know anything about him, and, and I really enjoyed the match, man. How were you feeling about it? No, I liked it a lot. I thought it was brutal. At the one point there, and I was going to ask you this because mm-hmm. I couldn't quite tell what they were. Murdoch had that black bat, and he was working Mercer over Oh, right I know it. what and it looked was. like there was fucking ninja stars on there. That was something. scissors, what was man. That? It was open scissors, cable tied to it. Oh, I've seen them in Freedoms Jesus. before. That's fucking Takeda and all those maniacs use that shit all the time. So it's like Whew. baseball bat, open scissors, and then cable tied around so the like through the loops oh. and the scissors, and then they're outwards. And that's exactly right. It looks like ninja stars. Oh, It's fucking evil. I saw, yeah, I saw Takeda with yeah. him. I'm like, of course you did this, you absolute psychopath. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and this was it was a pretty back and forth. Mercer got him with a gusset, yeah. and it was funny because that there was a moment in the match where Mercer started putting the gusset in, mm-hmm. tap pounding it in his head, and that seemed to wake Murdoch up because the next thing I know – they were just fucking all out swinging. Yeah, I <laughs> love know? that. They're just yeah, Old just punching guy, on. Man. Yeah, it was wicked. Yeah, no, that was awesome. I never saw another one. I never saw either. I, I never saw this was fucking those chops with the saw blade. <laughs> it was a knife edge chopping Mercer with the saw blade end. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've only seen that uh, once before. Uh, Alex Ocean. I uh, did in CCW or whatever. He told me to go watch the match. Was this, uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name. Uh, oh, wow. But he slapped the dude in the face with the saw. Like, Ooh. <laughs> like Ooh. whipped it, like pistol whipped him with a saw. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Ooh. But, yeah, I've started to see that pop up again. And, yeah, those guys doing it was no joke because they didn't just do one. They were like, no. Slapping each other with them regularly. Yeah, they they were trading with them. Yeah, and then the chops came, and then yeah, and, and then the brain buster for the finish. Yeah, you know, no one kicks out Murdoch brain walks buster, out man. the champion, but man, Mercer, I, I definitely think he made. Uh, I, I all the guys that they seem to bring in. Yeah, and I I think this is just as much a testi- testimony to the ICW roster mm-hmm. because when guys come in. You know, they they always walk out shining, and it's almost probably because there is nobody on that roster you can have a bad match with. Yeah, and and you think of them bringing in, like, uh, you know, external talent and stuff. You're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a squash or whatever. But they always leave everybody shining, you know? Like Like, everybody is left looking stronger and better and cooler for it. You know, they, they don't yep. need to do that. Oh, your local talent, you can come in, you slack murder you in two seconds, and that's it. You know, there was a slack match. Be happy with it. But everybody goes to work, man. 
You know what I mean? Like, it, it was killer. Like, uh, it was really good. And then you see Danny come in at the end, and he's like, it kind of felt like a shoot. It kind of felt like he surprised them and was like, you and Great Scott did Wicked. You're going to be wrestling tomorrow night. Like, you're opening. And they were like, yeah. oh, what? Like, yeah, I think that's killer. Yeah. I bet that was on the fly, Rafe, because that, <clears throat> that wasn't announced as far as I know. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. So I, be- I bet that was. Yeah, it wasn't on the uh, the match graphic and all that, or the, the show graphic. So, yeah. Yeah, just a great show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've come to – I can't think of one poor show, not one that stands out. Maybe there's a show here or there where when it's over you say, eh, not quite as good as what normal, but I, a bad show, I don't think that they're very capable. That roster is too strong. No, no, not when it comes to the matches. Sometimes I'll have, like, my complaints and stuff, and when we get into the next one – I'll probably have a few. Like, you know, you have stream stuff. I also feel like the venue, like, lighting was really, like, pale and dark. So it was kind of hard for me to see and things like that. Sure. And, and there was sort of, I don't know, in a couple of the matches, we even mentioned a thing, there was, like, sort of a vibe where you're, like, you can tell something's maybe not going right and that there's kind yeah. of, like, this vibe happening and stuff like that. So I, I probably enjoyed this show a bit more than the following night. Um, mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. like, every time, though, it's not like you're not entertained. You know, like there's always stuff going on. And there's also stuff feeding into the stories for what's going to come down the road. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's just beginning with them, Mm -hmm. you know, and now I think what I thought was really cool was you're seeing sort of the, the, you saw the intro to San Antonio and now that's another ICW town, you know, they'll be back. Mm -hmm. They'll be back there. I thought Dale said, Joliet, Illinois, which is an old Ian Rotten town. Yeah, I think he so did. I, I, think, I think he did in cool. for October or something like that, I think he said. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he said Joliet. I I almost was sure I heard that. And that Joliet was where some of the some of the classic IWA shows took place. So kind of cool to see them running there again. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's that's to awesome. see someone running there again. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the next night the next night was good, man. It was uh well Tonight, <laughs> actually, but yeah, hours ago, mere yeah. hours ago, yeah, a few hours ago, right? But uh, amazing house it reminded me when I saw the house, it reminded me of No Holds Barred One, which was at the White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, yeah. And I was there for that one, that was pre COVID, that was just before all the oh, shit you, hit you the were fan at and... No Holds Barred Volume One, yeah, the what a show, one. what a yeah. show, yeah. Oh, you you saw, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. It was, the White Eagle Hall was as full as I've ever, I ever anticipated seeing it. Yeah. I mean, people were in every nook and cranny of that building. Yeah. Uh, And, but it was, it was a great show, you know, but this reminded me of that. I just, the same way, just the, the crowd was so, it was packed in there and, you know, people were hyped. The front row, they all had, I don't know, I couldn't figure out what the shirts said, but, there were there was a whole the whole front row all had similar shirts. Yeah, on, we we spent some time trying to figure out what it was because it was bugging us because we wanted to know what it was. And I don't know, there yeah. was a part where I sort of could see. I think it said like something like Boar, Acro, F and Crew or something like that. So I feel hmm. like, and if anybody from that crew he listens to this, hmm. shout us uh, shout us a, a message on Twitter and <laughs> clarify it to set right. our minds at ease. But I feel like they were maybe like oil rig people, like a, a crew oh, of, like, okay. oil people, like boar, boring, I don't know, maybe. Huh. I don't know. 
That's my that's my pick. So if I've managed to pick that up correctly, good. I could be completely <laughs> off base. But that would be interesting if they were like oil uh, an oil rig team that came there for a work event and got smashed as hell and watched uh, ICW. That's pretty awesome. Wow, that's pretty. That's a pretty dope. If that is a could work be event, complete strangers. Dope, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it could be right. Could be. Yeah. You never know. Yeah, but yeah, they, they they started off with that great Scott Aaron Mercer yeah. that we were just talking about was sort of the surprise match yeah. to lead off no holds barred. And I thought these guys were really good. I mean, I, I, it wasn't quite as crazy as I thought they were going to get because I thought, okay, this is usually a recipe for, for madness when two guys know each other and, you know, they're mm-hmm. maybe not so afraid to lay them in, mm-hmm. you know, with each other. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I did like it though. The end, and and you and I were messaging right away with this because the end was fucking badass. I mean, yeah. that little, that short kind of short pile driver Mercer got him. Yeah. And he got the pin. All meanwhile, his hair is all tangled with the fucking barbed wire, yeah. man. He could barely move. Yeah, it was brutal. He just had this awesome. full like crown of thorns, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was great. It made him look hard. It re- reminded me of like Casanova. Uh, Valentine being like, you know, wrapped up in barbed wire when he versus Nick Gage in uh, No Holds Barred Volume 2. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think that was it when he was just oh, just like covered in it. And I'm always like, man, you just, what do you do? Do you just shave your head now? Like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. It's brutal. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Good memory. I think that was too. That was, that was outdoor in Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. I think so. Because COVID fucked everything up, man. They, yeah. they were supposed to have No Holds Barred 2 at the White Eagle Hall in yeah, Jersey same. City. Yep. Mm-hmm. They had all the matches. Danny was messaging me, you got to come, make sure you're there, man. And he's telling me the card. I thought, oh, my God, I got to be there. Yeah, yeah. And then we all know what happened. So yeah, then fun. here we are home two, for a long two time. Ends up, two was so. probably my favorite, though. Like the vibe, mm-hmm. like in that car park and you think about – you yeah. know, the flames and Akira coming off the roof and all that kind of stuff. It was, yeah. it felt like just some like back parking lot illegal shit. And it was like a, <laughs> yeah, a exactly. way cooler vibe because of it. You know, that deathmatch drive in show was badass, man. Yeah. Probably was. Probably most of this shit is, I don't know if illegal, but it would at least be frowned upon if the bright eyes saw what was happening, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> I, I was thinking when they were there, I was thinking if, if some official from the area or Atlantic City, whatever, the boardwalk, would walk by and saw this, <laughs> they'd probably go, whoa. They might be like, we, we need to shut this shit down right now. <laughs> I'm yeah, calling the police. You know, we have tourists and shit. I, I had heard that one of the last shows when they were at the showboat, which is a nice hotel, you know, a nice hotel, not a casino anymore. Atlantic city is all casinos and the showboat used to be a casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's just, there's a, there's a giant arcade in there. It's a huge hotel and it's becoming quickly known for wrestling. You know, a lot of people love that carousel room. You've seen that yeah. I'm sure on, on, on camera it looks dope you know just the way the room looks but i had heard that i i maybe it was murdoch or somebody was 
walking and just kind of leaving a trail of blood as they walked <laughs> from the from the carousel room to the bathroom. And I yeah, thought, brutal. I can't imagine the people from the showboat. <laughs> they like that. They've got all kinds of out of town guests, and you know. Yeah, it's just just bloody mess everywhere. Yeah, that might take a little bit of explaining. Get somebody on the mop ASAP with that kind of stuff. <laughs> so next up, and we were talking about Brandon Kirk and how I think the ICW faithful yep, yep. love to hate him, you know, but <laughs> here he was, Justin Kyle. They always seem to feed him feed him to the fucking beasts, you know, see see how much Brandon Kirk can take. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's this what it's tough. Like. I mean, yeah, yeah, and he's sitting there swinging. I mean, he started with the powder, and I thought that was smart. Yeah, you know, because if he if he could throw the powder in Kyle's face and get him disoriented, maybe he could get the jump on him. But yeah, didn't quite work out that well. It backfired on him. Yeah, it backfired pretty hard, I would say. <laughs> like, but but I got to be honest, this one for me is when the feed went crazy. So what mm-hmm. what started to happen for me is it started to loop. So something would happen and then it would go boop and then it would do it again. And I'm like, oh, and so I was trying to fix my feed and reloop it. Then I kind of got it sure. going. Then Scott Norton comes out and then everything went to hell. And then I had to redo my setup and stuff like that. So take me through it, man. How did the whole ending go with Norton? Because I, I missed it all and obviously we watched it live and so I haven't been able to go back. It was, Rafe, it was a bit, I thought it could have been done. It, it should have been tighter. And I'm sure they all probably agreed on that. There was probably a reason why they couldn't hit the Norton's music or whatever at the right yeah. time. But what happened was Brandon Brandon had Justin Kirk in a or Justin Kyle in a curb stomp and was gonna yeah. curb stomp him on some light tubes mm-hmm. and they were sort of waiting and waiting and waiting. <laughs> I, I heard like it, like the image it? wasn't doing it, but I, I heard like struggles going, What the fuck is going on? Like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just wouldn't do it where he could have probably ended the match, just curb stomp him on the glass and end yeah. it. Uh-huh. And then a few seconds after the music hit and Flash Norton walked out. So and when when Flash distracted them, Kyle hit him with a couple of fucking giant bundles and <laughs> you know, then he fucking did you see the sky high he picked Casey up. Like sky high power slam, I guess. Onto like the table and stuff like that. I think that's exactly yeah. when I turned it back on and I saw him pin Brandon. So, um, right. yeah, yeah, he like just picked her up and yeah, just turfed it onto him. Both of them go through the table and then he then he pins him. So Scott Norton didn't get physically involved in the match. He just like basically no. his music hit. He walked out to distract and then and then Kyle got his shit together and finished him off. Yep. That's exactly. There was nothing really more to it than just Norton kind of coming out on yeah. the entranceway and uh-huh. pointing. Yeah, right. But, you know, I I would I thought as soon as he got him in the curb stomp, boom, music hits. Here comes Flash Norton. Yeah, would have made more sense. But you know, again, I'm I'm sure. Don't want to be too nitpicky there because there's probably a, a reason why the hiccup happened. Yeah, there's probably a know. technical error or something like that. I wonder if they'll fix that. Yeah. Like if we watch the the edit that goes up on IWTV, I wonder if that'll be and just all look correct. You know? Yeah, they mm-hmm. they probably will fix that. Yeah, yeah you're right. Exactly. It's yeah, not, that, not too that, hard that, to just that cut that. To me yeah. A couple times. 
different moments than you were saying mm-hmm. the feed would cut out for me. And I'd check with you and you'd say, no, my feed's okay. Then a few minutes later, you'd say, no, I'm out now. Yeah. So yeah. I think they were having a little problem. A few hiccups. What I end up doing, sometimes when I cast it, I have issues. So if I just like, if it's live and I cast it from my phone to my TV, that's when uh-huh. I'll kind of get stuff like that, glitchy stuff and things like that. But so... What yeah. I end up doing, I've got a HDMI adapter that can plug into the side of my Surface tablet here, and if I play it on that, make it full screen, and then it goes to the HDMI, that stuff doesn't really happen. So when everything started going screwy, I'm like, okay, I need to plug everything in. So I had to go and get all my wires and stuff like that and make it all work properly. But then it was fine after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've never used the IWTV app on my phone. Oh, no? I, I watch it on either on my laptop or on... Mm-hmm on the Roku. I have the Roku app. Oh, it. okay. Yeah. But, yeah. So if you do the phone, you can Chromecast it. Yeah. Chromecast it straight onto your, okay. straight onto your TV. Exactly. That's how I do it. Most of the time I'm either like in bed and I'll watch on my computer or if I'm mm-hmm. like in the living room or the, the TV room or whatever and stuff. Yeah. I'll usually just cast it up and it's normally fine. Um, it's only on live stuff that it may occasionally get screwy. And I think that's probably just due to like how many people are watching it and stuff, you know, that it's just like, we can only do so much right now (laughs) with so many screens watching it and stuff. But the app's great. Like I, it's my most used app on my phone. Like I'm sure if I can Mm -hmm. do some kind of like a data report that tells me what I use as most of my battery life and stuff like that, it's IWTV. I'm watching that shit all the time, man. It's so good. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the IC the viewers for ICW, I would love to see how many viewers they get mm-hmm. watching these live streams because I, I think that's really exciting, Rafe. I mean, I like watching shows, period. Mm-hmm. But something about watching the live streams, you know, yeah. and the following over the course of a weekend too, mm-hmm. like the Boardwalk Buds weekend, you know, I watched all of them live as they, they were running and yeah. it made me feel like I was there kind of, you know? Yeah, I love watching live wrestling. Like, it's great. You can just watch back the replays and stuff, but it's different when you're there, you know? And when you're watching it happen in real time, it it feels more like you're there, you know? Um, I do the same thing with New Japan, you know? And New uh, Japan's time is very similar to... Perth's time. We're not that far apart. It's like an hour apart. Okay. I think they're like an hour ahead of us or something like that. Um, or, or maybe it's an hour behind. I can't remember. But either way, so when they do a Wrestle Kingdom or something in and, you know, starts at five o'clock or whatever, I can be watching it from four or something like that and, you know, and watch the whole thing as it happens and it feels like you're there in the venue. And so that's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty awesome. And so it's a little bit rougher with the American stuff because, you know, like I said this morning, I'm, I'm up, you know, early and stuff. <laughs> and stuff with yeah. Tournament of Survival, I was up at like, I don't know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. to watch it oh. live and stuff like that, which can be pretty brutal, you know. But yeah, very. But I wouldn't have it any yeah, way, though. you got to watch it live, though, you know. Otherwise, the internet yeah. spoils it all and it all goes to rubbish and like, it's not the same. Exactly. My wife's like, why do you try. care? Like, if you find out. And I'm like, because I fucking care. I don't want it ruined I for know. me. I want to, like, live yeah, in the moment and see it play out, you know. Me too, man. And as I've as I've met more and more people that are either the bookers or somewhat involved or whatever, I, people will inevitably always tell me, "Do you want to know who who's going over? Do you want to know who's winning?" And I, my answer always is, "Fuck no!" Nah. <laughs> you know, I'm a fan, man. I'm yeah. here to be a fan. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I love talking to them 
that way too. Like uh, when I do interviews and stuff, like we we do go behind baseball a bit when sort of the conversation sort of leads it there. But I enjoy when we start to talk about the events that are coming. So I like to talk to them like it's real, you know, like like we like to go go kayfabe and stuff and be like, man, it's your time and blah, blah, blah. And I, I like watching the guy sort of fall into that mode and do that mm-hmm. promo stuff. I like it to feel real. Like, I like that suspension of disbelief. That's what's fun yeah. about wrestling for me, you know? And so, no, I don't me want too, it. Man. I don't want it ruined. Like I don't, I don't want to know. I want to experience that emotion as it happens in real time. Exactly. Exactly. The man. internet can make that hard though. What? Sometimes if there's something and I can't see it live, like I just got to go media blackout. The internet's off on my phone. Like I, all notifications off. Don't talk to me about it. Like, and then I'll when I watch it, I'll re-enter the world. It's quite often. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. What What did you think of Nightmare Freddy? Because you know, he, there was the design was, I guess, to have the the wing the wing monsters with Headhunter A. Yes, and Nightmare Freddy, but of course that he couldn't make it. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, well, well so but, tell me this, like. Neil talked about this is like their legends and stuff. I'm really excited to kind of work with them and stuff like that. Wing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck wing is. Um, So tell me about wing and tell me about these monsters. So apparently they're like some old school kind of legends and stuff, but I've never really been exposed to them, you know, over here. So what's the history there, bro? Well, the one Freddy, well, wing is Japanese promotion. Um, trying to think of the main guy there and wing Kenamura, the main guy there, but uh, famous kind of bloody promotion known for a lot of those characters. Those, you know, I guess nowadays doesn't play too well. The Freddie and yeah. Jason. And I, I think Tracy Smothers was a Jason character there. <laughs> really? And Doug Gilbert is the Freddie character. I don't know if that was Doug Gilbert that we saw right. a couple hours ago. I don't know that, mm-hmm. but I know that he played him uh, in Japan. But of course, you know those characters got over at that time because you know here they come out through the crowd, and Japanese fans are are uh, are great as far as you know. Little great like, for visuals of in, those kind in of Japan, characters. They, they still run. like kayfabe's still kind of real in Japan. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm sure the smart fans, but it's never like it's it's never kind of spoken of the way it is in kind of Western culture. Like to the point where yeah. I've had New Japan interviews knocked back because the person that I'm going to interview became a heel. Like, and they're like, "Sorry, you can't speak to him now. He's unavailable." Right. And I'm like, "Oh, okay. I understand the subtext <laughs> of this, which is he's now a bad guy." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I can't. And, yeah, you could definitely see stuff like that getting over as, like, a fun sort of spectacle. Um, As far as he Mm -hmm. went today, I thought it was fun having uh, Freddy Krueger in a match. Um, (laughs) I feel like he was maybe overshadowed a little bit by Danny himself being involved. He's such a magnetic personality. Everybody, like, loves him. He's the owner of the thing. So I felt like the match was more... Uh, became sort of the Danny story, which I was totally sure. fine with. I had a, I had a great time. Like uh, when I think back on it now, I can't really think of a particular thing that Freddie did besides enter the match. 
um, that stands <laughs> out to cool. me. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. but yeah, like, like it was cool having the music. He comes out with the claw and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. His mask kind of freaked <laughs> me out, and I imagine it would be quite sweaty and gross. Uh, and I thought Neil and Satu were like a great fun team together, like as they they came out. Absolutely, lot of lot of firework explosions. Yeah, they were, a they lot had of those the fireworks yeah. on everything, everything, fucking tubes, chairs, everything they got hit with. Yeah, bam, 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 and at one point, Danny hit Satu something on the back. Maybe it was a a piece of a, a door or something. And it had the fireworks all over. Yeah, it. and that one went Nobody off. Somebody blew his yeah. fucking eardrums out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so loud. Exactly. Yeah, there were all that kind of stuff. Um, and I thought the Gonzo bomb from Danny or Neil when they got up the top, I'm like, oh fuck! I was I was so stressed because Neil's fearless and Danny's brutal, and they did that Gonzo bomb, and I thought he'd murdered him, and then Sato makes the save, and yeah, it was cool, and I thought the impromptu stuff with uh. Um, John Wayne at the end <laughs> asking uh, Danny to please come back yeah. like he does with everybody else was really fun. But, yeah, I, like yeah. Nightmare Freddy was gone at that point. Like I never saw him again. I don't know at what point of the match. Yeah. He, he disappeared, but he was just suddenly gone and then uh, never yeah. to be seen again. Yeah, he be, you're right. He powdered out and then he was gone. <laughs> exactly so. right. So maybe he dissipated. Maybe everybody woke up from the nightmare and, uh, yeah. and he was gone. <laughs> yeah. So when we he all go gone, back to sleep, yeah. we'll have to deal with him then. Maybe it was Doug Gilbert because that makes sense then for him to be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I've, I'm, I've worked. I've got my pay. Goodbye. Right. Is I'm he one of, of those kind of old school brothers like that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if he, if that was Doug Gilbert, man, Doug must be. I can't even – actually, I can't even wager a guess on how old, but he must be in his 50s at least. Yeah, well. So, yeah. yeah, but I don't remember. Yeah, you're right. I can't remember. Now that you say it, I can't remember much about Freddie on offense. Uh, I remember match. something like there was I, a I, lot of outside the ring brawling, people hitting yeah. each other with things, throwing each other into chairs and stuff. Yeah. And it was really that kind of end part with the, like the gonzo bomb through the table and, and that sort of then ending sequence from then on out that, that was the match, right. you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, uh, that Danny's always been that way, though. I mean, wanting to bring in these sort of characters from that, that, that fans would mark out over. I mean, I, I can remember when it was JCW that we were speaking about before, mm-hmm. he was set to bring in Leatherface, mm-hmm. um, a Japanese, f- famous Japanese character, Leatherface, yeah. into Wrestle Tremont. Yeah, and the match didn't happen because Leatherface apparently got locked up <laughs> the night okay. before. Or yeah, right. All right, Jason. So, uh, yeah. I asked Matt. I said, Matt, why why didn't you fight Leatherface? He said, Oh, I think he got locked up. So what can you do? It, it's smart though when you think about it because like a lot of kind of like in the Deathmatch resurgence recently, like there'd be like lots and lots of new fans, and so when you do these shows and you bring in like older attraction guys, like occasionally like there's a chance to bring back like, you know, old school deathmatch fans that maybe dropped off when like CZW wasn't at its greatest and stuff like that, you know? And, and though exactly like deathmatch kind of went down for a while where everybody just thought it was, you know, nothing and garbage wrestling and just dudes hitting each other and stuff like that. But then now they're getting brought back in with all the people that can work. You bring in like a, Oh, what do you mean? The, Monsters from Winger at that 
show. Yeah. I might check that out. And then you see all these <laughs> right. like brand new guys that can really go. Like it's smart booking. It's a like you can tell Danny knows what he's doing, man. When you look at ideas like that, like I said at the start, the the no holds barred pit fighter X and pit concepts, like you know all these kind of things he's doing. Uh, a smart stuff for like a traveling promotion to keep it varied and different and, oh, and, and, uh, and, you know, using local guys in big spots mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's all, all really, really smart, man. He's, he's one of the yeah. best at it. He's definitely one yeah. of the best at it. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for he real. really is. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so- grown into one hell of a booker. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. All right, man. Let's go. Yeah. Masada. And Akira was up next. Mm-hmm. Rafe, mm-hmm. spoiler alert for your listeners, man. Masada's still a bad motherfucker. <laughs> spoiler right? alert. Ruined it for everybody. As if they didn't already <laughs> fucking right? know. But, man, Akira, Akira's <laughs> yeah. a bad motherfucker too, you know. He's young in the game and that boy is hungry. We talked about him a little bit earlier. He wanted this match really bad. He's been defeating, like, the best that, you know, the scene has to offer. But Masada's yeah. a lot, man. Masada's a lot. Yeah. And, and it felt like the yeah, beginning. Masada's, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Masada is the, they were calling him that litmus test, you know, the benchmark. And, yeah. man, I can't think of anyone better, you know? I mean, you really know what kind of, what what set of balls you have <laughs> if you're going to get in there with Masada, you know? Yeah, man. Akira yeah. stepped in ready to bang as well. Like, he was... Yeah. He was going him, and they they went hard, dude. I I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was cool. Um, I wasn't sure which way to go with Masada. It often feels like, well, it's obviously going to go Masada's way, but Akira's yeah. taken some pretty big scalps at this stage, and I was yeah. like, well, I mean, he, fucking, he beat Homicide. You know what I mean? He's beat Tremont. Right. Like, why right. not Masada? But wasn't to be. And and like I say, it felt like the beginning of of a bigger story they're telling with Akira. You're right. It was, and it was, as you just said, I mean, it was, it was 50, 50 for a while there. I mean, Akira was really hanging in there and then Masada just fucking went beast on him. I mean, got the skewers out. We were talking earlier about the brutality with which he puts those skewers in. I mean, as you said, he he doesn't, he doesn't seem to give a fuck (laughs) about, about the safety of, of his opponent, man. But I, I texted you and you said that was a murder right after we finished. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I felt about. And I, I can't remember what I said. Yes. I spoiler alert. Time has passed for the listeners. (laughs) Now the time has flipped and it's now 1123 PM here in Perth for me. And it's now 1123 AM for Jeremy. We took a break and now we're back, but I can't remember (laughs) if I mentioned in the pit when we were talking about Masada and Neil, how brutal that was when Masada put the skewers in Neil. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, roughly opens back and he's jamming them in. And you think that's it, but he did like four or five bunches of them into Neil. And then Neil Mm. just rocks back and he's just laughing. Like he's got this look on his face, like this is everything I ever wanted. And it's like, (laughs) and it was like an amazing moment of that match. Don't you reckon? And then when Akira dealt with it, his face was like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> it was yeah. like like the yeah. two polar opposites. It yeah. was like sanity meeting it versus insanity meeting it, you know? You're right. That, yeah, I, that's a great observation, Rafe, because it's true. And I can clearly recall, you know, the 
the reactions of each guy there. Yeah. And yeah, Akira's wasn't. <laughs> no, he, he, he it looked was traumatized. That, that he, he, looked, he looked like he was dying. He was like fucked yeah. up. And Neil at first is like brutal about it. But the whole time, you know, in their story leading up to it, he was telling Atticus, like when Atticus did it to him, he's like, you've got nothing on fucking Masada. You know, and then when right. Masada did it to him, he's so fucked up, but he's like laughing like, yes. <laughs> it, it, was a, yeah. it was a great moment. And again, I feel like, I mean, I mean, I don't know what, you know, Masada's schedule is, but I feel like they're ICW are building him up. And I feel like these are the titles the start of sort of two Masada rivalries at the same time, you know, like hmm. two stories. And yeah, it's, it's really cool, man. It's really cool. And I like, yeah, I, I like the idea of Masada being the, the ultimate testing ground yeah. for these guys, you know, for the roster. He you should be. go through Masada. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's killer. And then like, we haven't even got to the point where, so Masada's just come now and now he's picking up scalps what happens when he hmm. starts to pick up enough steam and then he's got to run headfirst into John Wayne Murdoch, you know? Mm. Like, then it's oh, like, yeah, yeah the, the, what is it, the immovable object meets something big as fuck. I don't know what the analogy is, but <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> meets something big as fuck. Yeah. I like exactly. that better. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. So, yeah, nah, no, it, it got me pumped. I thought it was a great match. I thought... Uh, both showed out, and I think it gave like the crowd like exactly what they wanted out of that match. Yeah, I agree. In Texas, it's it's Masada's home. Yeah, you know, it's his and, turf, right? and and so it was a really cool environment for him. But yeah, man, fucking Masada. I mean, he's he's my kind of guy in so many different ways. Just because I I dip tobacco too, and he here he comes, you know, his fucking dip in. He looks like a bad motherfucker. Uh, he he looks legitimately like he could kill anybody with his bare hands in the place that he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's one of those guys. He's that dude. He looks if so ever credible. I had a bar fight and I want somebody in my corner, it's Masada. Yeah, and even then, I'd be too afraid that he may just fuck me up because I wasn't doing good enough. You know what I mean? Like he, he's so scary. It's funny that yeah. you mentioned Dip, man. So I've got a story about Dip because it's not really a thing here. Like in Australia, if it is, I'm sure. Oh, it's you, not. I'm sure you could seek it out somewhere, but nobody, nobody does it. You don't see it anywhere. But we, wow. um, we back in my band days, um, we did this big tour of Australia, essentially, like kind of like the full East Coast, with a band called Whitechapel. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're a pretty big metal band from the states. It was us and Psychroptic from Tasmania, who were also a pretty big worldwide band, and ourselves, and we did it with like. Um, we hired three vans and we we essentially like, you know, uh, just travelled across the country but we'd, you know, travel in a convoy and stuff. And Gabe, uh, the bass player of Whitechapel, big dude, big southern dude from what I remember because he had a bit of an accent and stuff, was like, hey, man, you should hell try this stuff, hey. And I was like, I don't know, man, what the fuck is it? And, he, and he's like, you just put it in your lip and then you fucking chew on it and try not to get it everywhere. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> And like at the time, you know, I, I drink a lot. I'm drinking another beer now. Fucking big surprise. Um, I like 
back then I used to smoke a bit of weed. I do not anymore. But when I had that, that's maybe the most fucked up I've ever been in one second because, like, I should, and like the head spin I got from it immediately was crazy. He's like, oh, damn, I done got my boy fucked up, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll piss us and I'm like, no joke. I feel like I was spinning out, man. It's pretty crazy. So it must just be that, like, um, rush of, uh, Nicotine, is it? Like straight, yes, exactly. to, straight to the head, like really straight into the that, bloodstream. Right? It's really only that first time, Rafe, too. Yeah. But you're, I got that too, man. Or if you haven't done it in a while. Say yeah. if I stop dipping now and yeah. then try again in another couple months, yeah. I'll probably get that same head spin, like you said, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. from what I understand, is there like... Uh, fiberglass in it or something like that that sort of like does it micro cuts to your lip or something and helps it like get into your bloodstream or something wild like that some people say that mm. but the the tobacco companies are quick to decide no. that yeah yeah you know? exactly. so yeah who knows if that's really the case or not mm. i'm sure it's not a great life decision <laughs> either way because might plenty and, of and there decisions. are people uh, on the science side of it that and there's actually one doctor I've been able to find who has said, no, it's, there's no evidence that it's cancer causing it. Uh, you know, if you have a predisposition to cancer, then, you know, maybe, but there's no evidence that having dip causes you to get, have cancer. But I mean, so many people I know that have dipped, you know, the outcome is them in the hospital or with half of a face, oh, you know, with their cheek kind of cut off. Yeah, or jaw, yeah, get the jaw removed, you know, so. That's pretty hectic. But I don't do it too much. Some people go through a whole can a can a day, multiple it's cans like a anything, day. anything, man. It's like moderation, right? Like if you're yeah. going through huge amounts of this stuff, if you're smoking a huge amount of cigarettes, if you're drinking that huge amount of whiskey, then there's going to be adverse yeah. effects because none of this shit is, like, good for any of us, you know? But, That's right. But I feel, I feel like... But then you could also get hit by a fucking bus that tomorrow, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I feel like anything you want to do, just do it. Just do it smartly and in moderation. Not too much moderation because that's not fun, but like you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? And you'll be fucking good. Not like uh, I'm waking up and like drinking whiskey before I go to work and shit like that. You yeah, know? like or I'm yeah, smoking two like packs that, a day or you're something. In a bad spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if it gets that way, you're you're not in a good place with it. <laughs> if if you need that that early, yeah, but. exactly. There's more going <laughs> on there, exactly. But yeah, I I kind of enjoyed it. I felt like my dip control was poor. I feel like I was slopping it everywhere. I couldn't really make it stay wherever it was. But uh, but either way, it was an interesting experience because it was something. And it tasted like mint and stuff. Like It, it was like nothing uh -huh. I'd ever tried before. <laughs> anyway, that's we're off, off the rails fucking again. So. <laughs> hey, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, that's how yeah. We go. my favorite dip is wintergreen, man. So oh, I'd know, be the same. Yeah, the same what, kind of thing. That's yeah. probably what he gave you. Yeah, yeah probably, wintergreen. Probably. But yeah, it was but. awesome. That was the only time I had it. But I was like, fuck that. Just... Kicked me in the head, eh? It was wild. All right, That's what match cool. were we up to? <laughs> Where are we going? Yo, Yo, Scott Summers, man, and Schlack. Fuck, that was man, I gotta the tell first you. time I've oh, seen that was Scott amazing, Summers. Right? Yeah, dude. That was sick. Fucking bloodbath, bro. Oh, dude. But Summers is really an amazing guy. I mean, I had seen him. I was telling you, Rafe, off air. 
that there was a, a TOD at TOD, and I right now which one is out of my head. If Jcat Morris is listening, he's yelling at me through the microphone or through the computer, <laughs> saying, "Hey, this is what one it is." See, he's a CCW historian. Yeah, but it was one of them. Masada brainbustered Summers on a cinder block. Next thing you know, you saw Scott Summers' brain <laughs> hanging out of his skull. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was nasty, man. But Summers has been up here a lot in New Jersey, wrestled for On Point quite a few times. A match against Dickinson mm-hmm. is quite famous. Um, you know, for people that know the South Jersey wrestling, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um Joey Janela, he wrestled Nick Gage in really a quite a special uh I wouldn't quite call it a death match, but it was a brawl at on point wrestling. Um in twenty fifteen, I wanna say was the year of that. Uh-huh. That's a great one. So Summers really has made his way, but then he was in the first tournament of survival. He wrestled Joker and he he hurt himself. He blew his blew his ankle. And that was that was kind of it. I mean, that every time every man. time I've seen Summers now tried to go, he winds up hurting himself. Yeah, which is what which was the story the of this match, man. And it was it was sad, but it also kind of made for a good match because he kept fucking going, you know. And you're left just going, dude, this guy needs to stop. And everybody knows the story, but he's putting on that show, and him and Schlack finish it strong, and it, mm-hmm. and it was really cool. And like you're left with a lot of respect for him. going, man, this is a tough motherfucker right here. And Danny Hell said yeah, as much dude. after it finished and stuff. And it, yeah, it was, it was cool, man. Plus, Schlack's promo at the start was like, I keep hearing about Scott Summers. Everyone's saying, you know, you're both tattooed, you're both beard, you're both ruggedly handsome. Now it's time to meet. <laughs> that was awesome. It popped me huge. Yeah, I loved it. I was it. smiling so big, man. Schlack's promos are fire. Bro. I love him, man. And I, I mean, him. yeah, he was doing, he was doing them so with such. Uh, regularity a while back, yeah. and then he stopped. Yeah. So I love when he does. I think the he's promos. just the busiest human in the world. Like from what I oh. hear, like because he's wrestles fucking everywhere, and he tattoos, and he does all kinds of yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, I would. I would <laughs> love to speak to him. I, I would absolutely love it. Um, I would. Yeah, I'd love for you to have him on. Yeah, it would be. It would be killer. And he's kind of like a bit of a white whale for me. He's like my wife's favorite <laughs> wrestler. Like she just thinks he's the fucking most entertaining dude in the entire world and her birthday's oh, coming up so I'm like I want to get him on awesome. before then and I I've got some friends who can reach out but I just I just don't think it's going to happen like I just don't I, reject I, him I don't too. I'll I don't think I'll be able to <laughs> really oh you know him yeah yeah I mean he he did the whole the tree mark tattoo with oh yeah yeah that's and, literally the story from yesterday and now I'm I've lucky. Been a lot since I then. mean I'm so lucky every time I see Schlack at a show he comes up to me, say, hey, what's up, Jeremy, and gives me a hug. Oh, so See, yeah, that, that's a, what a I hear. Guy. I hear he's just like this genuine dude. Like, So, yeah, I'm, I'm putting it out into the universe. Slacks the, slacks the white whale I'm after at the moment. So, oh, you, you and him would do a hell of a hell of a podcast, man. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, I got to hear that, too. Yeah, so yeah. I'm as invested as you are in getting that done. Yeah. I, sure. Amy just fucking loves anything he does. Like, And she... 
Like any time he's on or whatever, if it's a short match or like Masters of Pain, he gets knocked out in the first round. She's just not interested anymore. She's like, well, this is yeah. fucked. Like she, yeah. all she yeah. cares about is him. Like, so yeah, it's really funny. Like she, she's well, see, about I mean, she's got good taste. I mean, to me, Schlack is, he should be pushed a lot more than he is. To the moon, yeah, man. I go. To the moon. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, I think he's got the best look to ever come along in deathmatch wrestling, 100%, period. 100%. I mean, here he comes. He just looks like a fucking animal. Yeah. You know, he, he's perfect for the genre. He's funny he's as fuck. He's got a wicked voice. Yeah. He cuts awesome promos. He knows how to work. Yeah. He plays metal. He's legit. He bleeds everywhere. He's got no teeth. He's right? just like the fucking coolest dude, like, ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, he drinks yeah. two goddamn beers at the same goddamn time. Like, yeah, yeah. He just, he's not afraid to make fun of himself and... Yeah, I just think he's the the total package for like in a deathmatch wrestling. Yeah, he's he's fucking wild. Yeah. And one more thing before we get back to this, but I don't know if you've ever seen Rafe. I guess it was a couple years ago, twenty seventeen maybe. King Kings of the Crimson Mask IWA. It was Schlack and Michael Kruger, who's kind of a West Coast deathmatch guy. Uh I don't know if he still does it as much, but. You, you have to – I have to find out exactly the details of the match and send it your way so you can watch it. It was uh, yeah, yeah. it was a fucking beating. I mean, Schlack, Schlack have murdered this guy. Oh, really? And after – yeah, and, and after, left him in a bloody mess. I mean, and afterward, he, Schlack said on my friend J.K.'s podcast, he said, I had to make an example of him. It was yeah. my first shot. Yeah. It was my first shot in front of Ian. And I ha- I got to make an example. Yeah. And he did. Fuck. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, you got to see it, bro. My favorite uh, my favorite deathmatch to show, well, deathmatch brackets, brutal match to show anybody that's not really familiar with anything kind of deathmatch and to, to get them in is uh, Schlack and JJ Escobar at GCW's <laughs> Backyard Wrestling. The when backyard, it, when, it, when yeah. he's El Schlacko and he, like, hits him with the car and shit. <laughs> like, and he's oh, punching out yeah. windows and stuff. I showed my friend James and he was like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is <laughs> insanity. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that was so funny. But also so terrifying. <laughs> yeah, and I was I was laughing my ass off at how he kind of, that mic drop moment at the end where Schlack just fucking laid the fireworks in his crotch, lit him, and then walked off. Boom, 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 and they're blowing off in his dick. That's it. <laughs> that dude's <laughs> about wild. the dick spots. I mean, look what happened to him with Eric Ryan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know. That was rough. I know. And and actually, he he lost the building for IWA. <laughs> you know, they, they fucking lost the building because of that. Because they were really? told... No fire in here. No fire. And the story is that Ian had told the boys that over and over again that day. No fire in here. Yeah. No fire. Okay, if you get because they have a sprinkler system in that building. It's an old grocery store. Yeah. Okay. It's right next to it's right next to a tractor supply. Yeah. And the sprinkler system is connected. Yeah. So they were saying if you set off the fucking sprinkler the system, going. Yeah. it's gonna Ruin all of our shit in here. Yeah. So. Fuck. So, so, that, so they that, just took the building from this. Yeah. It, did did it, it set the, set it off or no? But it was still too risky. I don't think it did set it. I don't think it did set it off. But yeah, or it set off alarms or some shit. Yeah. Either Something way. happened where yeah. the people next door knew about it. Yeah. And just nope. 
No, we're not going down this road anymore. Bye. You know, and they're gone. Yeah, so. exactly. You, yeah, it's it's unprofessional if that that is the case. You know, you don't want to. Oh be, yeah. You don't want to be losing your promotion buildings and revenue and exactly. all those kind of stuff. Deposits. Who knows what what was involved with it? You know what I mean? And for a spot exactly. that then went on to injure you yourself, like was it really worth mm-hmm. it? Like you know, no. So, mm. and all I read was how he made. He made some coin from BuzzFeed and whatever else, you know. Uh, he was saying $3,000 or whatever. And I'm thinking, you know, Ian is probably, Ian would probably be very fortunate to gross that much on the show. You know, whether whether a King of the Death, a Southern Sickness, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or Southern Sickness is his sons, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I would think that that's a, a pretty big profit for an indie show yeah. if there is one to have. And this guy just, he went into business for himself, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and just, you know, light Th- me up. Threw, threw them under the bus. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't yeah. care if I burn my own dick off for three grand. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I heard an interview but, with Eric Ryan, and he was like, I didn't know there were texts and stuff like that. He was like, hey, everybody's cool with this or whatever. And he was just like, okay. Like, he just didn't question it, you know. He was like, whatever. He says that everybody says it's cool. Like, and he just didn't know. So. That's uh, weird. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, who knows, man. Mm -hmm. I don't honestly know. I just know the the story from Ian. But Eric Ryan's uh, Ian guy. I mean, I don't think Eric would have. Well, I think Eric said, this is just an interview of me half remembering it or whatever, but said there was texts or whatever from Ian or whoever in management saying it was cool. He was shown that by someone. So oh, wow. whether that wow. was real or it was before and then think like Eric kind of didn't seem like he was super organized with it. He said there was a lot of messages for the dude and he kind of had blown them off until the show. Cause he like just had hmm. so much shit on and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. He didn't said it's fine. All right. And he's like, yeah, cool. Whatever. Like, and that was it. He just didn't dig any deeper, you know, like he wasn't hmm. worried about it. So, he learned yeah. that there was a lot more going on. So, yeah. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> exactly. But obviously, Ian's not pissed at Eric Ryan because, I mean, he's a two-year running king of the death match. So. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that that would be hard to make happen anyway because that's, that's one of Ian's boys. I think Oren, too, and, you know, John Wayne Murdoch. And, you know, he's got a crew that I, I kind of think they could get away with a lot yeah. with Ian and probably be okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but nonetheless, man, uh, back to the summers yeah, and slack. Yeah, it's in summers and slack. It was fucking hard as fuck, man. Yeah, it was. And you did. You you left. The the match ended. And as a as a uh, viewer, I was kind of breathless yeah. at what summers went through. I mean, here's yeah. this guy. He's on his fucking knees. He's eating glass. I mean, Schlack is just firing the fucking tubes yeah. and bundles at his face. Because Summers can't do anything, so they're like, we've got to make something yeah. happen. And and it's like that. He just he tries to get him up for that suplex or whatever, or brain buster. Mm-hmm. It can't happen um, because right. he's just dead weight, you know? And then so he just empties every tube in the entire place onto him, just eats so much glass. And then... <laughs> To his credit, he yeah. fucking stands up, man. He, he got himself up, and then they, they hit that, like, brain buster, and it was over, and you were like, man, that was a war. Like, yeah. yeah. And you could tell, like, he, he went through it. And even just him trying to get out of the ring, you know, was was brutal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It made me very... 
it, I, I felt mixed emotions there because I've, I've, I've been a, a Summers fan, you know, and a Summers backer. A lot of my, a lot of people I know will always say, hey, you know, Summers. And I, I oh, no, no, he, he can do this. And but the injuries lately uh, have just plagued him. And that made me sad a bit where I thought that was a hell of a match. I just don't know how sustainable it is if every time, you know, he tries to get out there. Boom, he gets hurt. Like yeah, that, it's, un- it's unfortunate, man. Like, I hope – I don't don't know what happened to him, so I hope it's maybe not that bad and we can see him come back. It seemed like Danny really wanted him to to come back, so we'll, we'll see how oh, it goes, yeah. you know. But, fuck, he looked like yeah. he was hurting, man. So, yeah, I just hope he's okay. Yeah, that was one rafe where I – sometimes some of the things – and Danny DeMonto and I, we go way back. So no no real criticism on Danny. I love him. You know, I, lo- I love Danny. He's a great guy. But sometimes I think some of the things he does, eh, I'm not so sure about. And the end of this one, he said in the mic, Scott Summers was supposed to win Tournament of Survival 1. Well, everybody kind of knows that. But I don't know, man. I, I'm not... I'm not a fan of exposing the business just on purpose for fun, shoving it down people's throat. We know the business has been exposed. Yeah. We know I mean, that. I mean, that it's kind not- of comment, you can you can take both ways, though. You could be like, oh, it should have been you, but you were injured. And so, I know he kind of was. Right. You know? but, right. but it's kind of like... If you choose to suspend your disbelief there, you could be like, you had all the tools you were supposed to win, but you got True. injured and it couldn't happen. So, I mean, it's True. not exactly saying, I booked you to win, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. number one. But I, I know what you're saying. Like, it, like it, you, you, if you jig the wording a little bit more, then you don't need to reach right. for the kayfabe in that statement. You know, Agreed, yeah, man. You you could, and that's that's what I think Danny should have done. You know, you could semantically change that and say, Scott, you were my fucking favorite to win that tournament, and then here you you got hurt, yeah, or something. You were the rightful you know, but, winner, like that kind of that kind of. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, yeah, he was he was booked to he was booked to win that. Yeah, right. Hey, and um, sort of the the freak injury happened when those parts come, like when Danny hits that ring. Like, you know he's talking real shit. Like, you can tell that he hasn't really planned what he's going to say. He's just in the moment, and he's just going to get in there and fucking speak from the heart. And I think if he planned it and chose those words, like, it wouldn't come across as as well because he's just talking straight from the heart to these dudes that have really, you know, said something and stuff like that. Like, I did uh, speak to Neil yesterday um, after we had finished, I was just kind of messaging for it. And he said he didn't know Danny was coming. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He, yeah. when he, he was like, did I do something wrong? Like, <laughs> still the read. Like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? And then he was, he said he was legitimately yeah. blown away, you know? So, so I could I tell, think, yeah. I could tell he was Rafe. That yeah. was, a, that was a genuine moment, man. Yeah. Because the, the way that Neil was looking at him, you know, he, he, he was genuinely, he seemed genuinely touched by those. Yeah, he words. was taken aback, and it, and it was really special. Like I, I felt like emotion watching it happen, and and I think those moments are special when he does them. Like it, yeah, it, it's really cool. Like you can tell he's fucking passionate about it, and it's why why I like it. You know, like when I see you know even when he starts the, the fucking let's go motherfuckers, <laughs> like, it gets me fired <laughs> yeah, up, man. It gets me fired with up. the squats. Yeah, the yeah. squat god, man. I love it. 
Yeah. I love it. But it's yeah, famous. Schlacken, yeah, I mean, Schlacken, like Scott Summers, man. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. That that was that was a match that I'd love to see again when Scott gets healthy. Yeah, I wonder what I wonder where that. it was going to go. You know, because uh, they were they were banging man, and I th- I feel like they had some fucking mean shit planned. Yeah, yeah, and they are they're they're so Schlack's promo was really on point because they are very similar. They have very similar looks and very well matched. You know, they're. they're yeah, same very, size, it, yeah, same build. You're like, this is this is cool, man. Like these guys can can bang on each other and survive it. <laughs> you know? Exactly, man. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So. Yo, if you had, to, if I asked you, mm-hmm. Rafe, come up with a three way mm-hmm. with three of the best in the game. I think this might be where you'd land, man. Or invite Dale Patrick's and Eric Ryan. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the booking was bananas here. It was. It's pretty crazy it's it's um three killer guys like and i I was very excited to see which way they go because it felt like one where you could literally any of them could walk out with it you know like dale's on this hot streak right now he's like the mvp he's building his name and he's getting these dominant wins and you're like oh man this this is like the hot guy coming up then you've got eric who has been the you know the foil to John Wayne Murdoch since the very start. He probably feels mm-hmm. like he's the rightful champion. You know what I mean? They've had back and forth kind of thing. So you're obviously considering him always sort of number one contender. But then you've got Oren, who had the rivalry of the year with John Wayne Murdoch, has wins over him, has never had a title match, and you're like, well, where's his shot? You know, like he's he's had big wins over John Wayne before, and so. All three guys felt like they deserved to be there. Uh, and, yeah, I I was really excited to see where it was going to go. I was, of course, pulling for my boy, Oren. Uh, it didn't work out that way. He looked great in the hat. Um, he <laughs> he, put, he pulled some killer moves, and, and I felt like everybody looked strong as well. Oren had got, gotten caught up in that fucking uh, stomp of Eric's, and I was like, Dale, move your ass, like because I could see him right yeah. there. Dale fucking gets you out, and then he rolls up Eric, and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was a great win for him. And then, again, cut another, you know, he, when Dale speaks, he speaks with passion, you know, and it, it, he's finding his groove, man. He's finding his groove. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. I think he'd be a great champion. Him and Murdoch have a storied history. Yeah, I mean, right, right. I, I've seen them in the in the finals of Lord of Anarchy, Deathmatch tournament. They they've wrestled in the finals in several deathmatch tournaments. Yeah, well, you know they they've they've got quite a history of being across the ring from each other. So that that will be a great match if it if it leads there and that's what we get. Dale and well, apparently I mean October we're going to yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Didn't they say Joliet or whatever it is? Yeah, Joliet. Yeah, yep. and I think that's cool, man. Uh-huh. Uh, old IWA town. So. Yeah. So I'll be uh, tuned in to watch that. But, yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I loved at the beginning when they were chaining Oren and Dale and, you know, Dale throwing the uh, kick up, nip up and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, go, Dale, go, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, it was good It was good shit. Man. I like when they tamed like up on Eric when, when it starts and they immediately look at each other like, we're just going to fuck this guy up first, right? And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then they start yeah. to wrestle. I thought that was good. And you see that um yeah, that was good shit. 
like Oren flipping out of that uh, that move and then like hitting the kick, like it, that was pretty sweet. Like really yeah. agile. Like they are, man. They the dudes like the best in the game, and they're putting that you know real kind of awesome strong style wrestling like into deathmatch yep. wrestling. You know. Yeah, yeah. Those are three, and those are three at the top at that. You know, yeah. they're three hybrid type guys too. Uh-huh. I mean, Oren has tremendous agility and wrestling ability. So does Dale and Eric Grind, of course, as well. So, and they, they mentioned that Dale was trained by Billy rock. Well, Struggs mentioned that. Yeah. And that's really cool. Billy rocks, Indiana legend, sort of a, very much a legend, great trainer. So yeah. Uh, he also trained Mance Warner too. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, Billy rock. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, awesome. I love the three way, man. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely love that. It was a great, Double main event, but th- I mean that one could have been a main event. Easy, easy End could the have show been anywhere. John, John yeah. could have had the night off, like, and, <laughs> right. it, and it could have just been those three guys. And I, I, I thought they killed it. And you know, three ways can sometimes be pretty clunky, uh, and that's mm-hmm. not even adding, you know, weapons and and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they did a great right. job, you know, keeping it flowing and keeping it moving. And you know, one guy goes down and the other guy's right there and. Yeah, it it was a really enjoyable match. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it really was. Mm-hmm. And, and then you know you slip into the the main, and John got anything but a night off with Sadika, man. Jesus Christ, that rematch. Was, that was uh, that was wild, man. The vibe was crazy. Like it, yeah. it felt out of control. Is <laughs> how it felt. It felt out of control, and I think it was mm-hmm. just from the the interactions I've had with Sean O'Brien about it, you know, I, he he seemed a little bit shook up. Yeah. It was definitely he was in the ring, man. Those, yeah, yeah, right. And I I was teasing him all, all leading up to it. I was teasing him. You're going to get that match, Sean. No, no, no way. <laughs> and he got he got it. Yeah. You know. So well, last time was pretty wild. Then, so I was surprised they did yeah. it again, right? And then me too. And then when she came in, like it started off hot and John Wayne looked pissed off straight away like in my mm-hmm. eyes like he looked yeah. hot like he looked annoyed and then there's a part where they're throwing fists at each other and stuff like that and I'm like I think they they're just fighting <laughs> like yeah. for real fighting yeah. you know yeah yeah I thought the same thing I thought it was a a fucking shoot for most of the match I'm not sure exactly when the switch flipped but I'd have to go back and watch it again, but yes, it seemed to me somewhere around Sadika was setting up a contraption with chairs and mm-hmm. kind of tubes set up in an X formation outside the ring. Yeah. And then they came off the stage somewhere around there. I just, it looked to me that everything was a shoot. They weren't selling. They stopped selling for each other. Well, there was a, you know? there was a point and where just, John Wayne's arm got cut up and they were like taping him mm-hmm. up and stuff like that. And yeah, it, it was looking rough. And then, then yeah, it just started feeling like you said nobody was selling. The pace started to pick up. And then it just sort of fucking ended. And you were like, okay, right. this is done. Like, right. they've called this down down the middle. Like, I I reckon, you know, I, I imagine Sean was like, this is fucking over. You guys got to wrap this up. Like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Take this home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, that was... And then they sort of, they sort of just 
canceled out Sadika there at the end. Of, they bring Dale in. Let's go, Dale. Cut a promo, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. did you notice that Sadika was kind of milling about? But yeah, yeah, they well, really she, didn't she have put, plans. To she did her. put the belt on John Wayne though. Right, like, that's true. And I thought that was interesting. I didn't think she would do that. Yeah, no, but I get. I don't know. Maybe she's just fucking nuts, man. And maybe in, in yeah. Mexico it's different. Maybe doing all that, you know, crazy shit in the junkyard is just expected, you know. And yeah. then John's getting hot because he's like, what the fuck? But she's just like, this is how we do it. And then you didn't die, so you are better than me. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> you didn't die, so. <laughs> so respect. I guess you're still the champion. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. she did put it on, so maybe, you know. She felt bad, or maybe that they squashed it yeah. in the match, or whatever it was. But, but yeah, That's and she did so. that on. But it wasn't like the same as the last time, where he sort of you know held up her hand, and you know there was sort of like, you know, let her have the ring and all that. It was kind of like right. yeah. Then Dale came in, and she just sort of shuffled away, sort of thing. But you, Rafe, you you kind of said it too. I think that with those two, you have the ultimate an ultimate chasm there because John Wayne Murdoch is one of the very best deathmatch wrestlers in the world. And I think that he knows how to have a deathmatch that is very safe and looks brutal as fuck. And I think he, when, when people say deathmatch is an art, I think John is, John's the, the he's an artist, artist man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, because yeah, it is, really it is, is fucking dangerous. And then yeah. you don't need the additional danger of recklessness on top exactly. of that. You know what I mean? Because exactly. that's where people get injured and then they, like, they're getting injured every single day, but, like, get seriously injured, so then you can't work and make money. You know, that doesn't make sense, you know? You want all the cosmetic cool shit, but you don't want anybody to ever be fucked up. Like, that's right. And if you're doing dumb yeah. shit and not communicating or whatever and like yeah and does like that's not wise you know i'm not a wrestler i'm not a death mattress i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about so but to me from what i know about professional wrestling and what i know you know from the people i've spoken to over the years and things like that there's there's ways to do things where you're going to get fucked up but you're not going to get injured and that's right and that's what you want everybody wants to like sean says it all the time like i'm in charge of making sure everybody goes home like and that, mm-hmm. that's the way you want mm-hmm. it to be. And if you can't rely on somebody in matches to think that same way, then they're maybe not somebody that should be there, despite how cool and wild and crazy they are. Yeah, 100%, man. Mm-hmm. Very well said. You know, um, I think that you said it just as well as even one of the wrestlers <laughs> would. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really right, man. She's terrifying. And what? she's cool as fuck. Like, she's really entertaining to watch. But I don't want to ever see anybody yeah. fucking shooting. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly, exactly right, man. Rafe, what have you got coming up, man? Who who is uh, who have you got planned to be next on the podcast? What's I got planned? So you you jumped the line with this episode. So <laughs> <laughs> so you're uh, we're, I'm obviously going to knock this one out as soon as possible. Um, get this up because it's super relevant. Then we've got our man Insane Lane is coming up. And then I've got oh, a sweet, yeah. It, Lane is a fucking amazingly interesting and cool person. I really enjoyed my talk with him, so stay tuned for that one. That's going to be really fun. Um, and then next Friday, I've got a double day where I'm interviewing both uh, the Strong Style Psycho Tank, which is going to yeah. be 
awesome. So an absolute legend there. Looking forward to that. Uh, And then I'm speaking to the big fucking Joe from the UK, which I'm really pumped about. Um, That's going to be cool. I've gotten to know him a little bit over these last couple of weeks and stuff, and I like I can tell we vibe already. It's going to be really fun. I never normally put mm. this stuff out in advance because you know what they say in wrestling, nothing's real till it happens, right? And so things true. come up and things get cancelled, and maybe maybe they neither will happen or maybe they will, you know, but either way, really exciting, you know. I um, uh, would love to talk to both of them, and then we'll see what else I've got. As it comes down the pike, anything else further than that's too far out to <laughs> to talk about. I found there's been a few, um, yeah, people go missing and uh, and things get cancelled and stuff mm-hmm. like that. To, to go much further sure. than that. How about yourself? You got some big stuff planned? Yeah, we well we've what we have is kind of a a pot with a bunch of wrestlers in there who have said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. now we're kind of at that point where now we just have to get them to commit and do it, you know, Line it up. Uh, yep. but yeah, Pompano Joe, we also have insane lane planned at some point. Casanova right. Valentine. I love cats. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to try to do some of those cats, man, but Joshua Bishop, I have a verbal from him that he'll do it, but you know, then again, as you said, it is sometimes uh, a mistake to come out and say, here's what we've got planned. Cause but we had Dale, Dale Patrick's was set to come on at one point, and he just got busy, you know. Exactly, um, like it, and, it'll, uh, it'll come back around. I, ne- never, I never take it personally because these guys are so busy; they're nomads and road yeah. warriors. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's it's hard for them exactly. to, you know, commit and and find time and yeah, all those right. things. I'm exactly. sure it'll, it'll come back around. You know, I'm never uh, sour about it or upset me about neither. it because they're giving me their time, me you know, like, yep. it's like, Hey, whenever you want to do it, it's, it's more than fine with me. You know what I mean? So I'll always be here and open invite. And that goes for anybody, you know, in professional wrestling, mm. everybody's got an open invite with me because I just like having conversations about wrestling, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's if you're a creator awesome, or a wrestler or a referee or a timekeeper or a promotion guy or whatever. I just like, yep. Speaking to people, like, I like when fandom, because we all start as fans, goes That's to right. that next step, you know? Like, when you told me your story, like, what what was that switch that went, I love this stuff, and I want to share that with more people, you know? Or yeah. I want to step, like, when I spoke to Sean, like, I want to put on the stripes, you know? Or mm. I want to do commentary, or whatever, or I'm going to fucking start my own wrestling promotion. Like that's wild to me, you know? So it's, um, it's always really interesting to, to hear those stories. And there's no such thing as a, a boring wrestling interview to me because everybody no. has an interesting story and there's always fun threads to talk about. Cause we all fucking love wrestling. So, you know, you can't go wrong. I agree a hundred percent. And I'm the same as you. I've had ring announcers and of course my co-host is referee. So, yeah. Yeah, podcasters, everything, because same as you, I I always found myself fascinated with that yeah. extra step that, that they've taken. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I'm on the one side of the guardrail, but these are special people in the sense that they've they've made that decision at some point. Let's step over the guardrail. Yeah. You know, we want to be involved, you know, and I, I always thought that that story, that what happened there? Like you said, what, when did this switch flip and all 
you know, I always thought that was really interesting. So yeah. I hope my listeners think the same because to me, those I, I find that stuff fascinating. You know, absolutely. And I'll tell you an episode that I am waiting for from you guys, and that's when Sean P gets back on the mic with you and tells the entire story of Texas because that is going to oh, be yeah. a hell of a story uh, from his yeah. eyes, and nobody tells it like him. So. I'm looking forward to that. Everybody keep your ears peeled because that Texas weekend recap is going to be fire. Hell yeah, bro. And I, yeah, I got to hear how he, I got to hear his thoughts or his view of the Sadika match. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to That's hear the that. one I was leading towards. That's the one I really want to hear yeah. about. But yeah, I, like yeah. every match he was involved in, like, like I'm sure the stories to do with all of them, you know, so yeah. It'll be yeah. really cool. And I like just hearing about his like journeys on the road and all that kind of stuff. I'd love to do that shit, you know. And I, I toured for yeah. a long time for years doing like band stuff and things like that. But it's uh it's really cool hearing those stories about the wrestling industry. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it, man. Well I mean, Rafe, it's been a fucking pleasure being here with you, man. I, I hope that we can do it again oh, at some point. 100% we're doing it again. This was, like, so fun, <laughs> and we've obviously become very good friends very quickly. Uh, and so yep. everybody could strap in because Jeremy and I will definitely be speaking again. Uh, we'll have to do it one time with Sean as well. Um, and just I, I've really been enjoying this little, uh, you know, click we've been developing of, of like-minded people who are just super into wrestling, and we all kind of, you know loop around the same circles and the same stuff and we just keep interacting and it's really cool. So, And I enjoy inviting more and more people into that and it, just as we all get to know each other, super fun. And Rafe, let's, before we go, man, let's give a shout-out to Deathmatch Worldwide and Corey holding it down in Louisville, Kentucky. Absolutely. That's my boy and that's your boy too, that's my man. Boy, so man. We're, we're, we're getting the circle going. Like yeah, exactly. That's it. Shout-out to Corey. Shout-out to Sean P., Shout out to Strug. Shout out to all of the ICW No Holds Barred crew. Um, shout out to Deathmatch Down Under. Shout out to fucking Neil Diamond Cutter. Like anybody who's ever been on both of our shows, anybody who fucking likes Deathmatch Wrestling, shout out to all of you because you've made me a guy who's literally speaking to his cupboard right now on the other side of the <laughs> world at fucking midnight, like feel like he's <laughs> part of a part of a scene. And, like, none of you have even met me yeah. before, and that's fucking wild. So it really says something about the kind of people that love the kind of stuff we do and the community that exists is, like, really special, man. You're doing special things, Rafe. <laughs> Keep at it, man. Um, I'm listening. Man, man thank I'll be you. listening. You are too, dude. So for Jeremy Nickerson and I Got Your Five Stars and four Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and fucking deathmatch wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, at Faces Feelscast, Twitter, at Faces Feelscast, and Facebook, at Faces Feelscast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com, and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com, the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling.
Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Oh!